My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And on to the... And it is the WNR 219, it's WWE versus WCW May 1999, but first, let's start with the alternate intro. I see why you like this video camera so much. You do? It's not quite reality, it's like totally filtered reality, it's like you can pretend everything's not quite the way it is. And now on to the intro. What's that quote from, by the way? That's Blair Witch Project, 1999, come out 20 years ago. You know, I've never seen that film. I've seen, a, it's kind of a spoof version of it. Well, it's not a spoof, it's actually a porno called The Erotic Witch Project. And that is actually a true story. Yes, I am filthy, but I don't care. No, I, can, I completely believe you. Okay, now on to the normal intro. In 1999, WCW and WWF were the two biggest wrestling companies in the world. And for the past couple of years, had traded the number one slot. But as the year started, it seemed WWF had a plan to continue its hugely successful Attitude Era, while WCW has seemingly lost the plot. Rather than focusing on younger talents like Booker T, Jericho, Benoit and the super over Goldberg, it instead pushed over-the-hill stars Hogan, Piper and Flair and continued the NWO even though it had passed its peak. This year, the WNR podcast go back 20 years and witness WWE's rise and WCW's demise. This is WWE vs. WCW Monday Night War. May 1999. Well, let's start off in WCW. In the last time out, DDP had become world champion for the first time, then losing it and winning it back from Sting on a new-look Nitro. With this and the absence of Hogan, could WCW turn the Monday Night War around? So it's Monday Nitro, episode 187, and it's May the 3rd. Yes, and the location is Charlotte Coliseum, Charlotte, North Carolina. The commentators are Bobby Heenan and Tony Schiavone. It's the go-home show for Slambury, and even though a lot of stuff changed last week, we're right back where we were seven days ago. Flair is still insane, but he's getting face Piper for, 
is getting to face Piper for control of the company this Sunday, even though both are fired. On top of that, we're getting ready for Paige versus Nash, and in theory, Nash won't give away the title if he wins it again. Let's get to it. Well, we open with Flair, Anderson, and the nurse in a limo, and on his way to the arena. There's a bus next to them full of mental patients. A guy that looks like Scott, that looks like Scott Hall is driving. We get a video on last week's two world title changes, of course, with Sting and DDP. And then DJ Ran introduces us to Nitro, and this is an obnoxious little cunt. Like, Todd Pettengill is bad, but this guy is just, I, honestly, I, I wanted to punch him in the face. Yes, but we do get the Nitro girl. And Gorgeous George workout video, which I know you enjoyed, Dan. I did, yes, but something I enjoyed a lot more was the Nitro Girls because they have a website. Yes, a what? A website? What is this website they talk of? Uh, we get a video of Flair being insane, as if we needed proof. And we get more DJ Ran, and now he's with a NASCAR driver. So the two things I dislike the most are uh, together there. We get a, uh, and then our first match after all this is Kidman and Rey Mysterio versus the Armstrongs. Yeah, well, Steve and Kidman trade arm holds. To get things going before Dropkick sends Steve over to his corner. Both guys tag out and it's Steve running over Ray with a clothesline. Mysterio comes back in with some drop kicks and brings Kidman back in, only to have him sent out to the floor. Well, that goes nowhere, so Kidman comes back in the voice of charge for taking Stevie down with something resembling a bull- bulldog. Ray comes in the springboard seated center on as everything breaks down. Steve's powerbomb to Kidman is countered and Kidman puts him on top for launching Ray up for a top rope hurricane runner and the pin. Yes, it was a bit of a crap match. The Armstrongs didn't get much to do here. There's only going to be so much with a week before a three-way tag team title match. Ray and Kidman are a good team, but they seem like they're there to be beaten by a bigger name team and not as long as the ter- and, and, and not as a long-term thing. Then again, most smaller teams usually are. Well, post-match, the Horsemen come in and beat down the champions. Raven and Saturn come out for saves for beating Kidman down Kidman. Beating down Kidman and Mysterio. That brings the Horsemen back in to put Raven and Sattler in their holds and stand tall. Yes, and we get a highlight reel of Jackhammers. And then we get the Cat versus Buff Bagwell. We get the usual insults to the Rednecks by Miller before he offers Buff the five seconds. Buff poses at him and gets kicked in the face for his efforts. Back up and Buff drop kicks him out to the floor and the stalling begins. Miller gets back in and wants a handshake only to stall even more by standing around. Somehow drags put Cat down, but Ono gets in a few shots to take over. Not that it lasts long, though, as Bagwell comes back with singing net breaker, only to have Ono block a sunset flip to really put Miller in control. A chin lock doesn't last long, but Miller rakes the eyes to stop Buff again. Bagwell makes a quick comeback, and Ono's latest interference backfires, allowing Buff to hit the blockbuster for the pin. It felt like it went on forever, and the match never got interesting. Bagwell had a nice string of wins going here and he's getting ready for the US title match on Sunday. Granted, it's not like a win over Miller means all that much, as interesting as you can be at this point, and it's a really dull match. Yeah, Miller yells at Ono post-match. DJ Ran, the third part of him. Flair and his large company arrive and immediately go to the ring. Rick yells about wanting Sting, Savage, George and Goldberg out here. Before they come out here, he fires Savage and he grants himself a world title match in Charlotte. This brings out <laughs> Savage and the girls as we go to the break. Back with Savage and Medusa beating up the security, then trying to arrest him. Flair grabs George as the cops come to the ring and arrest Savage. Robinson talks trash and struts, but George breaks free and slaps him down. The nurse chokes George out as Flair insults Goldberg and Sting. This brings out Sting to punch Rick in the face, followed by Goldberg, who does the same. 
Sting and Goldberg brawl, beat up security and brawl some more until a ton of guards break it up. Somehow, they'll f- over 15 minutes. Well, after a break, Flair is talking to Steve Ray of all people and offers Stevie $100,000 to take Nash out tonight. Ray agrees. And we get Nitro Girls. And up next, it's Hardcore Hack versus Bam Bam Bigelow. And the winner gets knobs on Sunday. <laughs> Easy. Well, for the title of King of Hardcore. Wasn't Bigelow King already? Oh, I don't know, but they throw weapons before the match to trade trash can shots to start. For Bigelow now is in with a pair of lids. A mock to hack's face sets up the card surge container shot. Bigelow puts him onto a ladder and through two tables, but Hack hits a quick bulldog onto a ladder and actually works a leg a bit. We take a break because this match needs to keep going for some reason. Bigelow superplexes Hack through two tables as Nobbs comes in with a trash can to beat on both guys and the match is thrown out. So am I to understand that a hardcore match just ended in either a double DQ or a no contest? Another of these messes and now I'm probably going to have to sit through a triple threat match on Sunday. Horrible non-match with nothing redeeming whatsoever or maybe the surge was quite good. Well, Ray tells the black and white that Flair gave him $50,000 to take out Nash. The mental patient, Triple A, was in the bathroom because I don't really think I want to know why. No, it was so weird. Like, mental, one of Flair's friends from the hospital, and he, you know, he heard them talking about it. They called Stevie Undercut the black and white as well. We also get a video on Piper. Yes, and Triple A warns Nash about the black and white's plans. And then we get Conan versus Horace Hogan. Classic matchup. Well, Conan threatens a black and white with un- unidentified backup. Horace gets dropped with a bulldog to start and they head to the floor for some brawling. Back in and Horace takes over a few, few clotheslines and puts on a chin lock. A big boot and a splash gets two. Two. For Horace before we're back into the chin lock. Horace goes up and dives into a boot, setting up Conan's usual offence. The sunrise goes on but the black and white runs in for the DQ. Kevin Nash runs out for the save and cleans house with Canyon. Well, so much for them fighting a few months ago. And so some more of Flair's friends from the hospital in the production truck. Flair, Anderson and Robinson are in the back when David Flair and Samantha come in. Rick thanks his son for helping him and puts him in the main event tonight. David is happy and leaves with Samantha, but Rick is smiling. He tells Robinson to book David versus Meng and also wants Robinson to tell Meng that David thinks Meng can't go in the ring anymore. Anderson shakes his head. Or Piper arrives in a limo because WWE doesn't understand wrestling fans. He charges into Flair's office and beats him up as cops come in for the save. Piper slaps one of them as well and puts a reality check shirt on Flair. After the break, Flair sends Scott Steiner after Nash. And more DJ Ran and Nitro Girls. Nitro Girls! We go to a press conference and Liz, but the signal goes out before anything can be said. Scott Steiner asks Mysterio where Nash is. Ray points to him in the dressing room and Steiner goes in, only to get beaten down by Buff Bagwell. That's the worst segment I've seen on many levels. Well, DJ Rand and the Nitro Girls maybe two minutes after the previous time. And it's David Flair versus Ming. Well, Samantha has officially been named Tory for no apparent reason. Not that it matters as David sends her to the back, making this match far less appealing. Flair tries some chops and go, gets about as far as you would expect. A big headbutt puts him on the floor, but Meng throws him back in so he can no-sell even more of David's offence. Meng actually does sell a few shots to the ribs, but he rates David's back to slow him down again. The suplex sets up the tongue and death grip to mercifully end this quick. Well, Rick comes out and laughs at David as he's taken out in a stretcher. He tells his son to never try and get rid of him again. We get a video on DDP. 
And we get a gorgeous George workout video again. Well, here's DDP with something to say. It's his standard promo now. He's come a long way. He doesn't care what the people think. He's old but new, while Flair is old and old. Well, Nitro Girls again. And the TV titles online, Kurt Henning versus Booker T. Well, Booker's defending in this rematch from Thunder. Henning takes him down with a shoulder and busts out a cartwheel of all things. The champ's throat gets snapped across the top rope when Henning starts on the leg by wrapping it around the post. This brings out Stevie Ray, but he misses the slapjack shot. Rick Steiner comes out and attacks Booker. And cops are told to go to get the inmates and round them up. Yes, and it's a WCW world title, Ric Flair versus DDP. Well, Paige is defending the Robson is referee, filling out process to start with Paige shoving Flair into the corner and stomping away. There's some choking as Flair in trouble, but he comes back with chops and right hands in the corner. Hiptoff sends the champ out to the floor, and Rick chops away against the barricade. Both guys are sent into barricade, and Flair chops him up the aisle. Ow. Well, what looked like a low blow gets Paige out of trouble, and they head back inside. A swing and net breaker gets two. Two. On Flair, and we hit a chin lock for a few seconds. Page fires off some elbows to the head in the corner, but Rick snapmares him and drops a knee for another two. Two. More choking lets Page send Flair out to the floor. Back in, and Flair gets sammed off the top rope for another near fall. And there's a figure four on Flair. Robinson is freaking out, but he and Rick start whispering to each other. Well, Rick finally makes it to a rope, but Page puts it right back on. You don't see that too often. Flair lifts Page's leg off his, to break the hold, which you don't see that often either. Back up and Page discus lariat gets two. Two. Before we hit a chin lock, Flair pops up and elbows Page in the jaw for going up. Oh, come on, Flair. You wouldn't think he actually hit the axe handle. Savage and George come to the ring as Flair hooks the figure four. Robson goes after George as Savage slips Page a foreign object for a shot to the head. Another referee comes out to count the pin. The match wasn't bad, but it was a bit too messy. It also didn't help that we had a hill versus hill in a city where one of the hills was going to be a face. But the hill that is a face has actually been act, has act, been acting especially heelish all night long. To be fair, there were so many other problems with this show that was bearable. Yeah, other than gorgeous George's outfit, this was one of the worst, most worthless shows I can remember in a very long time. Then you have the pay per view coming up. Flair was attacked by Piper and never mentioned it. You would think Paige was defending against Flair and Nash was facing Stevie Ray on Sunday. Page getting another title win is fine, but you at least have to have him on camera with Nash instead of having Flair try to take Nash out, which Nash didn't address either. You had Steiner and the black and white trying to take out Nash, which Bagwell versus Steiner and Conan versus Ray. That's good, but Nash doesn't have a single word for Flair. That's the other problem, and why wasn't Page doing that? Well, finally, what was up with Flair? He's supposed to be insane, but he seems perfectly rational and has two plans tonight, hiring people to go after Nash and the stuff with David, plus wrestled like he has for years. The story seems a way to get us Piper to Flair, which has happened in 99, because WWE thinks that's enough to combat whatever Raw was on at this point. By the way, this show was up against the main event of Steve Austin versus The Rock. Maybe lucky this disaster happened this week. Well, there was no thinking put into this show, and it really showed. The kind of focus on Slamboree, it felt like the TV show was much bigger priority here. There's a thought to that, but when a TV show is a disaster like this, with everything going all over the place, the strategy doesn't work. It was a mess this week, and Slamboree looks okay at best. Well, one last night, night, one last night Nitro's preempted on May 10th by the NBA playoffs, so there won't be another Nitro for two. So thank goodness for that. But it is pay-per-view time. We move on to WWE Slam. Marine. That was the 9th of May, 1999. Well, we're live from the TWA Dome in St. Louis, Missouri. 
Bobby uh, Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Iron Mike Tanay on commentating. Yeah, Schiavone calls Piper a long time commissioner of WSW. <laughs> yeah, he's been about at least two weeks. At least four weeks. And we start with a montage of the participants in the matches tonight. Then go straight to Gene Demetra D. Oakland in his white dinner jacket. Ugh, a hotline commercial already. So let's run through the card quickly. So we've, we've got Chris Benoit, D. Malenko versus Raven Saturn versus Mysterio Billy Kidman in a three-way dance for the WWE World Tag Team titles. We've got Stevie Ray with Horace and Vincent versus Conan. Uh, we've got Brian Nobbs versus Bam Bam Bigelow for the King of Hardcore title. Rick Steiner versus Booker T for the World Television Championship. Little Nate Charles Robinson with, uh, <laughs> versus Gorgeous George. I know you're looking forward to that one. Oh, most definitely, yeah. Uh, Buff Bagwell versus Scott Steiner for the US Heavyweight Championship. Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Ric Flair for control of WCW Wrestling. Sting versus Goldberg. And Big Sexy Kevin Ash versus DDP for the heavyweight title. So the card doesn't look bad on paper, does it? So yeah, we are live in St. Louis, Missouri. We see all the fireworks going off. And uh, it should be interesting. We've been building up to it. And, you know, DDP's world title reign's not been too bad since winning the Spring Stampede. You know, in the uh, the Fatal 4-Way match. So he's won and lost it since then, of course, with Sting. But he's there tonight against uh, Kevin Ash. What match are you most looking forward to seeing? Probably the Goldberg match. Goldberg versus Sting. Yeah. It'll be interesting. You know, we've seen it the past couple of weeks. Got the fans behind both men. It's a big bunny match, but the problem is it's not much uh, build-up to it, is there, you know? No, there hasn't. It's all mainly been about Ric Flair and his uh, goings-on and shenanigans, really. Yeah, and he's going to be facing Rowdy Roddy Piper later for control. So, you know, there's going to be a lot on the line for the future of WCW at this point. So here we go. Tag team titles <laughs> on the line to start us off. And we see uh, Malenko Benoit involved in this one and Mysterio Kidman, the tag team cha- champions. What do you thought of Kidman and Ray as a tag team during this time? I think they've been quite underrated. I, I think so as well, yeah. Um, <clears throat> Ray Mysterio, is definitely full of talent at this point in his career and so is Billy Kidman. Hugely underrated. I'd like to see him keep hold of their titles tonight. Whether that happens, it's uh, a different matter altogether. But they're going up against uh, Malenko and Benoit who are two very good performers in their own right. And Raven and Saturn, again, who at this point in their careers are still relatively good as well. Yeah, I mean, they were, you know, we've seen the Raven flock come and go and the kind of remnants of that and the respect between Raven and Saturn recently on Nitros. We know about Kidman and Mysterio being a natural block bond together. And, of course, uh, Benoit Malenko being part of the Four Horsemen and trying to bring that back. And they're, they're, they've come close, haven't they? And they actually, you know... Were surprised by Kidman and Mysterio, so it's, it has been a, a good story. Plus, I think there's six guys who, when you look at the WWE overall, have got quite big futures as well. If you know what I mean, like the way they could be used. But only two of them become heavyweight champions. <coughs> it's like WWE should have learned about it and have been like, right, let's have a look at these guys to see if we can use them more. There we go. We started, of course, triple threat rules. Malenko caught with a back body drop by Perry Saturn. The team of Saturn and Raven are both, uh, and Kibben and Mysterio, both targeting uh, the two members of the Horsemen, getting them out of the ring and turning their attentions to each other. Doesn't Ray Mysterio look weird with a completely shaven head? No, no, it doesn't look right, but you can see they're both wearing uh, their denim, so I guess they're teaming up in that way. 
Perry Saturn, uh, Perry Saturn's still wearing skirts. Yeah, he accepted it after you know Chris Jericho thing, and a great move there. Overhead belly to belly suplex over and out. Kidman lands the outside and those uh, wafer thin mats. They are just mere millimeters thick, James, over pure concrete. Blinko <laughs> with the Irish trip and the Is that um, Hogan sucks chant. Kidman sent Stern and first into the turnbuckle. And then Benoit grabs him for a German with a Malenko kick assist. Sends him over the shoulder. Kidman gets the tag into Ray. He's so, getting in position. Springboard double drop kick takes both Benoit and Raven down. It's a legal men at the moment. Mysterio, Benoit and Raven. That's how quick this match can move. And now Benoit's got Mysterio. Ray fights off for a hurricane runner. And gets caught behind by Raven. A lot of quick uh, pin attempts by the two guys as Benoit's laying prone on the mat. Raven eventually gets Mysterio up, throws him stern and first into the turnbuckles. He tags in Billy Kidman as Benoit takes out Raven. Kidman and Benoit working together. Hang Raven up on stomach first on the top rope. And Benoit with a chop to the chest of Kidman. And then snuts all over him. And now Mysterio in. Just have a word with Benoit. Oh, Shrip clothesline ducked by Kidman. BK bomb. A nice show of strength led by Kidman. Now he might be looking to put Benoit away. It was Kidman going for the flying headbutt. He <laughs> <laughs> went for it. Benoit moves. <clears throat> Benoit straight into the crossface. That brings Raven back into the ring to kick Benoit in the head. And for those on the concussion count, Benoit has taken two shots to the head in this match. And now Raven tags in Saturn. Saturn. He's perched on top after Raven, the suplex. Splash to the back of Benoit, but Malenko in there to kick Saturn at the back of the head to break it up. Raven Sierra in reverse, an Irish whip, sends Malenko into the corner. But Malenko sending Ray over his head. He lands both feet on a top rope, takes out Malenko, but uh, Benoit runs Saturn in to break it up. And now all six guys are in the ring now, and the melee proceeds. Well, I don't think the referee's got any control of this match at the moment. And Benoit pulling Malenko out. Raven from the Royal Rumble. And Mysterio takes out Saturn. But Raven from behind sends Mysterio out. Saturn flies over the top rope, takes out three guys. Benoit snaps suplex to Raven. Looks to go up top. Is Benoit going to finish things? But into the cover. One. Two, no, Saturn in to break it up. Now Benoit with a chop, he tags in Malenko. They're going to try and work over Raven and Saturn in the ring. Double Irish with the dub back elbow. And Mysterio sent all the way out, down to the floor, and Kidman down as well, and Benoit and Malenko looking to put Saturn away. There is actually no order in this match at the moment, though, is there? No, the referee should be stopping Benoit and Malenko just being able to double team. No. Because in triple threat rules, it's no disqualification. Yeah, but still, referee needs to make sure this doesn't turn into a handicap match. But still, triple threat rules, no DQ. At the moment, referee is doing nothing about it. And Malenko Benoit just knocking everybody else off. Working on Saturn. Double suplex to Perry. Kibben and Mysterio trying to get back into things. They get cut off by Malenko and Benoit. God, fucking hell, that was a bit of a... Cock up by them two, I think. They're both going for completely different moves. Yeah. One was going for a backdrop, the other one was going for a flapjack. And Mysterio landed face first, and now still Benoit Malenko. Referee is having a quiet word. 
Ray gets slid out the ring on his belly. Uh, they're tagging now. They're tagging. To a big chorus of boos from the crowd, though. The intensity of Benoit with them chops. And Billy Kidman there with uh, Irish Rip to the corner and bounce off the ropes, takes out Benoit. Throws Saturn in for the same, who ducks it and delivers a super kick to the jaw. Saturn then hangs up Kidman on the top rope. Springboard takes him out, and both men go out of the ring. Mysterio trying to protect his partner, but Benoit has dived off as well. Taking Saturn out. Crazy. It's just anything goes at the moment. Pretty much. And now Malenko taking Mysterio out and barricade. Benoit with a German and a bridge. Saturn managing to kick out. Oh. Well, we've got Kidman, Raven and Mysterio going at it on the outside. But they're just playing to the hands of the horseman as Benoit's there. Roll up by Saturn. Only gets him a two. Two. Well, Saturn runs into Benoit but still can't put him down. Now he's going to go for the German. Looking for the trivector. Hit two and the third. Bridges out one, two. Kidman in to sweep the legs of Benoit to break it up. But they're the team making the quick tags as well. Malenko in again. I think this time last year saw Malenko win the Battle Royal under the mask and beat Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. So, you know, he's always been featured heavily no matter what. And again, even in this match. But he went for the Cloverleaf and then he got caught by Saturn. I think Billy Kidman had to break that one up again. Irish whip. Oh, Billy just sent sky high at least eight foot in the air. Yeah, at least 10 or 12 foot. Saturn takes Benoit off the apron but gets caught behind by Malenko. And now he spits at Mysterio. And as Benoit's beating up Saturn, Malenko's beating up Kidman in the ring. He's going to go for the powerbomb. Got a cover, but no, Ray in to break it up. And now Malenko's got hold of Saturn as he tags in Benoit. And a snap suplex by Benoit. For the cover, but Kidman pulls the leg. Goes for a cover of his own. Benoit pulls him off. Dragon suplex with a bridge. But this time Ray Mysterio wins. I've got to tell you, officiating this one's been awful. Referee was out of position there. And I know Benoit and Malenko have kind of been dominating this match, but Kidman was down for way longer than a free count there. And now Malenko is ripping Kidman up again. Malenko looking to plant Kidman, who hits Malenko with a drop kick. Raven's hardly been in. <laughs> Benoit gets a tag. Saturn with a side Russian leg sweep. Both men are down and prone. Saturn rolls a shoulder. Now he's looking to get to Raven. And now Raven's in, takes Malenko off the apron. And just goes after everyone. Raven doesn't look in great shape either, you know? No. As he comes in now and he's got Benoit. Hit the free suplexes, though. That was nice by Raven, but he doesn't go for the cover until a little bit later on. And I believe that gives Benoit a chance to recover and kick out. Uh-huh. Raven tags Saturn back in. <laughs> and Saturn has been beating up the majority of the match. Saturn and Kibben working together to clothesline Benoit. And now Mysterio gets a tag in. It's a hurricanrana, goes to the cover. Benoit down to sh- to break it up before Ray could even get a one. Benoit sends Mysterio stern and first into the turnbuckle. Saturn there to break it up. The Raven knocked off the apron by Benoit. And he's got Saturn. Mysterious tagged in Kidman again. Raven's taking out Malenko now. 
Saturn's taken out Benoit. And Kidman's out on top. Close on takedown by Kidman. Hurricane runner off the top from Ray. And this might be their chance, but Malenko's in to stop Kidman. Looking for the powerbomb, but Kidman rolls him up. Only gets a two count. Two. Raven knocked into the corner. Bronco Buster from Ray to Raven. Now Kidman puts both. Sends Ray up. <laughs> Hurricane Rana off the top. Oh, that was brilliant, but still with a cover. But Saturn was right there to break it up. And now Kidman's putting Saturn on that top turnbuckle on the steer to come running in. Saturn oh. catches him, plants him with a set-out powerbomb. And Saturn now going after Kidman. Oh, he gets turned into an X-Factor, though. What? Benmar to break it up. And it's... then Raven to kick Benmar out of the ring. This is crazy. And Raven now has got Kidman. Sliced bread from Kidman. And now Saturn signaling for the rings of Saturn. On Dean Malenko. Miss on Anderson. <laughs> on Anderson comes in and hits a spine buster. Oh, look, the referee was conveniently out of place. Uh, referee <coughs> walked by on Anderson as he came in the ring, which didn't help things. And now Raven's down, but there's a guy in with a mask. And who is that man who's just hung Kibben up on that top rope? A sting mask with a DDP t-shirt. Even flow DDT. Malenko's got Saturn in the uh, Texas Cloverleaf. And Raven. Raven and Saturn get the victory. Oh! It was Canyon. Well, who better than Canyon? And he's won the tag team titles for Raven. And a former Raven's flock been trying to help his friend. Well, Arn Anderson can't really complain about outside interference here, can he? Not at all, no. <laughs> well, that was an absolute clusterfuck of a match. <laughs> yeah, but I quite enjoyed it, though. It was good, and... Uh... Just took something crazy to get a result, I suppose. It went on for ages as well. It was given a lot of time and with a talent yeah. involved. I'm surprised it's Saturn and Raven to come out on top, though. Well, after this, we get a montage of Diamond, Dallas, Page. And I, well, it's a match we've all been waiting for, Dan. It's Stevie Ray versus Conan. <coughs> so is Stevie Ray the leader of the Black and White now? Or is it Horace? Or is it Vincent? Well, as you recall, the winner of the Battle Royal, Stevie Ray, did get that victory, didn't he? So, he is leader now, even though they're not happy. You can see he's not really happy with the NWO. Isn't it only them three that's the NWO now? And let's not forget Brian Adams. Oh, yeah. Because he is a big factor in it. But, yeah, he's not been uh, happy recently as well. So, I mean, this is the last dying remnants of the NWO. They never really officially... Uh, split up, you know, like I said, the Wolfpack just went away quietly. There was no big kind of match about it. It's just these guys left now. Of course, going against Conan, who ever since he left the Wolfpack, they've done nothing with him either. I have actually feel sorry for him a little bit, you know. I really do. Oh, James. Yeah. Poor Conan. Arriba la raza. Odale. We're getting rowdy, rowdy and bowdy, bowdy. I'll be very upset if no one gets involved. <laughs> yeah, I expect outside it fits. But Conan said he's got friends, and he had none. But here you go, Conan speaking, so quiet, please. Conan has actually been fighting against the NWO or the NWO Wolfpack throughout everything. He has been probably one of the only people that has been fully against it. 
unless he was part of the wolf pack, then he was still going against the black and white. Yeah, I think you find that he's kind of one of the true guys. DDP might have been another one, but now he's kind of turned heel on himself, hasn't he? You know, so indeed, it's, yeah. it's quite quite weird in that way. Goldberg was never aligned specifically to take on the NWO, and I think yeah, Conan's kind of stayed true to that. And I mean, the treatment of it has been terrible. And now you can see he didn't even have a feud with Kevin Nash after he got kicked out of the Wolfpack, did he? You know, he's kind no. of, and he's had to look at Rey Mysterio. If it was, you know, black and white should not be around. These guys should not be here. Conan had a chance. His reaction from six months or a year ago to now has been dimmed because they've not used him correctly. When you compare it to some, maybe he's got the talents of a road dog. Would you say that's fair, maybe? Yeah. You know, look how well he's used in WWE at the moment, you know, at this time. But again, would he have had more of a chance if they wasn't focusing on the flares, the pipers? And, you know, there's... There's a match that's obviously set better on the card between a fucking referee and a female valet. Yeah. Well, Conan there with a drop kick to Stevie and Vincent already up on the apron. So someone being on the apron actually stops the count now. And a super kick by Stevie Ray, who's really done nothing to show me. Don't get me wrong, he's a solid wrestler maybe but did he just mouth the words fuck you motherfucker I think he did yes sorry to interrupt you but I no, just no, no, couldn't yeah, overlook yeah. that honestly like there's you know this NWO B team C team and now Horace working on him as Vincent holds him so say um, Conan does get the victory here would this make Stevie Ray look even worse in as though he's got two guys on the outside beating him up when the referee's easily distracted? Yeah, without a doubt. You know, this is, this is uh, at the moment, Stevie definitely gets the victory. Conan being beaten down. There's just no need for it, you know? <coughs> this, is, this is a Nitro match. His really lumpy scars on his shoulders really, like, freak me out as well. Mm. Well, I've never known a wrestler to say, yeah, I want referee trousers. Yeah, well, it's like, it's no. Stevie Ray. What kind of outfit do you want? Well, you know, a referee shirt is like, say no more, mate. Say no more. Yeah, and I, I don't want a slapjack. Like, what, 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 why? Do you, do you use a slapjack? No, yeah, I just no, want slapjack. Yes, like, like slapjack. We can have Slim Jim dressing like red and yellow. Nope, slapjack. And Conan trying to get out of this. Oh, 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 what they're doing. Oh. Oh. Stevie, clusterfuck, Ray. Oh, God. Yeah, if you're not using him with Booker T, I don't care for Stevie Ray, to be fair. I mean, Conan, to his credit, I mean, he sh- he's, he's shit as well. Like, you know, let's not forget the root problem of Conan to begin with. Stevie Ray saying, i kill somebody around here. Is that something that a wrestler should say, even if you are a heel? <laughs> I don't think murdering someone is appropriate, no. Now Conan getting to his feet. Backing under a clothesline, Stevie Ray hitting a back elbow. And Stevie just standing tall instead of capitalising on the beatdown of Conan. Now, I'll tell you what the problem with this match as well. You can see how people take suplexes. You know, that's how basic <sighs> it is. It's like, okay, what you do, I jump over you and then I land my feet pressed like that. Taking the back bump. There you go, there's the slam. We weren't quite sure, so can you show us with a scoop slam? <laughs> how does someone go off top? <sighs> Wait right there, dog. Second, oh, move out of the way. Oh, foot up, classic foot up. And that was <laughs> terrible. 
Conan rolling through. Yeah. Clothesline takedown. We're getting bowdy bowdy. Shirts off. He should take his trousers look like coming down as well. <laughs> Put your trousers up, Kay. Frog and an X Factor. Put his trousers in his knees. Oh my god, here we go. Conan oh. gets his leg sweet from Horace. Stevie Ray drops a leg to the back of the head. Oh, it's Mysterio. He's down to help out. But he gets caught by Vincent. Uh, they fucked up the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so then they got him with a second time. And Mysterio takes of the NWO C, D, E, E team. Yeah, Mysterio helping out. And it looks like Stevie is going to try and put Conan away. But Mysterio in. What was meant to happen was Mysterio was going to come off with a seated sent on, take Stevie down and Conan rolled him. But what happened was in slow motion there as Mysterio came off there. But... He helps out Conan, and maybe this is a kind of a new team now. They are very similar shaved. Gold chain, you know, <clears throat> earrings. Orale, arriba la raza, uh, and all that. So, Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? It was what I'd like to call a comedy. Of, you know, everything that could go wrong probably went wrong. <laughs> um, you know, as much as the seated sent on to uh, the roll-up. To the showing us how you do scoop slams and how you don't sell a foot to the face when coming off the top, uh, to how you have to take two attempts at doing a holding someone's hand behind their back so the other person can duck and you hit your partner in the head. Fucking hell. Well, after that, we have a montage of Kevin Nash followed by Rick Steiner at a backstage internet location. Now a montage of Sting followed by a backstage shot of DDP discussing Satan's secret with Bam Bam Bigelow. Today points out they are both from the Jersey Shore. I think it's a nice attempt at a setup. And now here we go, Dan. It's Brian Nobbs versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Who will be king of hardcore? Dan, are you a fan of Nobbs? I prefer Sags. Why Sags and Nobbs? Oh, because, you know, th- this Nobbs is just too big. Jerry just Sags. Yeah, well, here comes Bam Bam. And hasn't he gone from uh, <laughs> from way up top there to probably low below Conan? He debuted feuding with Goldberg, like we say, around uh, Starcade time. And now with Brian Nobbs in a hardcore match. And we've seen what hardcore title matches are like on uh, WWE at the moment. So I mentioned Road Dog earlier. Of course, Al Snow. Bam, bam, bam Bigelow can't even throw things into the fucking <laughs> ring. Everything he's thrown into the ring has bounced off the ropes to come out. Hey. Hey, finally yeah. gets something. Here. What a fucking moron. This oh, is going to be terrible. It's going to be brilliant. A trash can shot by Brian Nobbs. We've got to embrace the waste. Is this going to be better or worse <laughs> than the Stevie Ray versus? Conan oh, it's going match? to be better. Well, Nobs, I don't know what he's got in his hand. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> Wherever it was, left a big mark. Nasty boys, James. Tag team. What do you reckon? I- Nasty boys, Dan. What about you? <laughs> it was entertaining when I was a kid. Yeah. That was about it. I don't know. I'm more fan of Bushwhackers, and they did the same oh, shtick. Oh, I do love Bushwhackers. Yeah. Oh, you love me a bit of bush. Well, bam, bam. Hit with a trash can and now Nobs the outside. Nobs <laughs> going with a trash can. <laughs> Trying to fight each other. I can't even, <laughs> honestly. 
And here comes isn't oh. Nob's finisher the pit stop where he puts his armpit over your nose and mouth? I, I guess so. I have honestly no clue. I know Bam Bam is greet, greeting some uh, Aysbury Park. That wasn't it. That was just a slam down to Nobbs. Just managing to kick out. Uh-huh. So if this was a triple threat match and uh, Nobbs was in a pinning predicament and Bam Bam kind of interrupted it, would you say that Bam Bam pulled Nobbs off? I probably would have to say that, yes. And now Bam Bam, cooking tray. Cool! Right across the face. Well, maybe he doesn't like Nobbs. Well, now Bam Bam's going to go up. Looking to put him away. Flying headbutt. Oh, no. Nob's managing to kick out. Oh. Baking tray to the back of the head. Uh-oh, now Nob's with a chair. Oh, cracks it across the back of Bam Bam. The crowd are really not into it either, are they? No. Oh, a trash can shot by Nob's on Bam Bam. Straight in for the cover, but Bam Bam managing to kick out. Uh Are you into this match, though? I don't know yet. At the moment, it feels like Nobbs is breathing really heavy. That's what I can hear more than anything else. Nobbs breathes heavy. No, you know what I mean? I feel like he's he's having a tough time. Sags is addicted to personal demons. I don't know, whatever the company is. I cannot confirm or deny. These seem like they're about 10 years. Both of them seem like they're both 10 years out of their prime. Yeah, I mean, Bam Bam here has, has been for a lot. You know, he can. I think he can still perform certain ways, but this doesn't really help him. Like, you know, you have to protect people like Bam Bam now. What about Brian Nobbs? No, I I hate Nobbs. Again, get rid of Nobbs. We don't need Nobbs. Should we get Nobbs out? Let's get Nobbs out. 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 <laughs> Fucking mullet. That mullet is 10 years out of date yeah. as well. Fuck him. Literally. Fuck knobs. Fuck knobs. The last three, two matches we've seen. Fuck them all. <laughs> we don't need it. Bam Bam, you can use differently. If you was Bam Bam, would you sit on knobs? Bam Bam, I would just, yes. I would sit on knobs. Would you happily sit on knobs? Oh, I would. And now knobs has got the trash can. Oh, but that gets blocked with a baking tray. And a shot across the head. And the thing is, they're both wearing purple as well. They look like a fucking tag team. All Bam Bam needs is a hint of yellow. And he sent him into barricade. And Nobbs has been bashed from pillar to post. But the thing is, though, it's a King of Hardcore match and Hack's not involved. I mean, we've seen Hack with Hardcore stuff and everything like that. The Sphinx Stampede match wasn't bad. <laughs> Alright, that's funny. A concerto with double trash cans. What else is in the goodies? Baking tray, he's hiding it, so he don't get caught using it. Well, that was a crack of the whip to it. Oh, but Nobbs goes down low. Well, Nobbs nearly didn't make it. These are both vastly overweight fellas as well, aren't they? Yeah, Bam Bam's big, you know, but he has been agile in the past, whereas Nobbs, he's, he's just a fat bastard, yeah. Nobbs is the same size as Bam Bam. <laughs> Nobbs <laughs> is fat. We don't like fat knobs. No, fat knobs are bad for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Like he's not that tall, though, is he? He's not long. No, knobs is fat, just not long. Yeah, hey, short little fat knobs. Oh, and bam, bam, sent into the basket there, and he's swearing. And knobs comes running in. Oh, bam, bam moves, and knobs hits 
Whatever that was, it's like a massive laundry basket on wheels. Yeah, head first into wood. Oh, now Bam Bam put a bucket on Nobs' head. I've never seen a bucket on Nobs before. He's put a plastic on the top of Nobs. But Nobs comes from behind. <laughs> For the second time, a Bam Bam. Well, Bam Bam's stuck there bent over and Nobs is just attacking him. And Nobs is not stopping. <clears throat> In and out he goes. And now Bam Bam with a chair... Oh, across the head of Nobs. God, bashes that head in. Bam Bam's been bashing Nobs all match, and it's been coming back stronger than ever. Well, Nobs has come in hard tonight, and Bam Bam's been controlling it so far. And oh, now... but Nobs comes fighting back. Oh, Bam Bam getting Nobs taken up the aisle. And here we go. Nobs bouncing Bam Bam's head off Barricade. Oh, but Bam Bam turns it around and says Nobs into Barricade. You can see his shiny head from here, can't you, with Bam Bam and a light reflecting off it. Bam Bam Bigelow doesn't like a purple-headed warrior. He does. Bam Bam is my purple-headed warrior in this match. And that knob sent headfirst into WCW.com. It'll be knobs all over the internet. Now the fans with knobs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, policemen get caught there by knobs. He's pushing them out of the way. Now in the fact... Nobs is on a fan. They see the Goldberg t-shirts. And a trash can. Nobs hits Bam Bam over the head with a trash can and sends him into the Goldberg poster stand. Not the Goldberg poster stand. And now we're seeing backstage with a cut off how many seats they could have had. Nobs definitely is going in hard on Bam Bam. Oh my word. And he goes down low. And now Nobs puts Bam Bam on the table. And Nobs is going out in the fans. Well, the fans shouldn't grab hold of Nobs. No, they should leave Nobs alone. Let, let go of their Nobs. Oh, that Nobs touching a little girl. Oh, my God. That Nobs too close to those children. And he's going up, holding on to it and cheering. Here comes... Oh! And I have no idea if he hit it or not. I think they both came off the table at the same time. The table didn't break. Did Bigelow move out of the way? I think Bigelow was falling off the table. Bigelow sends Nobs for a table. Now goes for the cover. And thankfully this match is over. Bam Bam beats in a in a, in a hardcore war. Nobs got beat. Yes, so Bam Bam Bigelow is now officially the king of hardcore. Well, if there was any doubt, and I mean it was a hard-fought battle with Nobs, but Bam Bam... One out here in a hardcore war. What are your thoughts on this match then, Dan? Um, I think there's too much stunts. Not enough wrestling, but you can't expect wrestling from these two hacks. And where was Hack? Yeah, exactly. Where was Hack? Anyway, up next it is TV title on the line, and it's Booker T versus Rick Steiner. So here we go, TV title time. And Booker T's been an interesting character. So is Rick, because you talk about people who have stood up with the NWO, you know... Scott Steiner finally turning his uh, turning his back on Rick, and we saw the storyline, you know, for a whole year, wasn't it? You know, and they finally didn't have that match to kind of finish things. And now Rick's kind of turned to the dark side a little bit. As for Booker, was TV champion, was gaining a lot of momentum, and then kind of feuded with Scott Steiner. That kind of took it all away, you know. And now he's been put back in that position. I think there's a lot more could be done for Booker. You know, he's been great. As for Rick, I've not been a fan of Rick, and going back and seeing him, I've I've 
the face Rick I understood, but this kind of new Rick that we've got now doesn't make any sense, you know? Well, the Rick who kind of turned his back on being a heel with his brother, Scott, and then now turned heel just for the fun of it. (laughs) Yeah, I know it doesn't make any sense. Well, it makes sense, Stevie Ray telling Booker, you know, be a part of my team and him turning him down and all the shenanigans they've had because you can see Stevie Ray's kind of controlling and Booker's come out of his shadow, hasn't he? And that's kind of worked quite well. He has indeed, yes. But they're uh, not expecting a a classic match-up. Um, Booker T, you know, he's he's a very good performer. Rick, uh, I, I think Rick might work in a tag team, but if you're going to push stars to be involved in television title matches, I don't think it's Rick Stein. I think there's other guys we saw, especially in a tag team match earlier tonight, that could be used in this position here, you know? Most definitely, yeah. But we'll see how things go. We won't write it off just yet. That is a glorious moustache slash mullet ponytail combo that the referee has got going on there. Yeah, Nick Patrick is really bringing it tonight, isn't he? There's nothing wrong with a ponytail moustache. It was acceptable in the 80s, as the song goes. Booker T and Rick like having an early exchange of uh, shoving going on there and a bit of a test of strength. Referee's trying to get between them to stop them having a wrestling match in the middle of this wrestling match. He seems a bit of respect. You know, Rick hasn't fully embraced the dark side yet, even though that's the way he's going. And Rick now backing Booker up into the ropes. Rick with the right hands and overhead belly to belly. Very impressive for him. Clothesline takedown. Just running through Booker T, who rolls out of the ring for a bit of a breather. The fans are still along with Rick. I can't really take people too seriously who wear in like the amateur wrestling style uh, singlet. No, I mean Kurt Angle did it. He was wearing a wig, wasn't he? So you know that's kind of takes away from it. Oh, Rick, I just I don't know. I don't know. He just there's nothing that really excites me about him. You know, I can I can get behind Booker T, but just with Rick Steiner, I can't. You know, Scott Steiner on the other hand, give and take sometimes with Scott. You know, I, I think he thinks he's a lot better than he is. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we'll see Spud Bagwell, another, you know, that was his partner since the split with Rick, and then that's been dealt properly. At least they're going to have a blow-off match tonight. Well, a pay-per-view. Yeah. The way it normally should go. <clears throat> and Booker a leapfrog and a super kick. Spinning heel kick to the midsection. And a second to the chin. Tumbling Rick out the ring. Steiner on his hands and knees on the floor, wishing he had someone like Nobbs behind him. Now Just pushing him. Rick now is going to try and come up with a game plan. And Booker avoids Rick Steiner in the corner, hits him with a slam. And the thing is, it just seems a little bit slower. You know, I know we're used to kind of today's pace as it was, but even back then, they seemed to be different. It always kind of felt like that to me, you know. The storyline was a bit better than the matches. Even then, the storylines now, tonight, there's nothing that kind of really gets me involved in it, you know? No. Now Booker T just slowing down Rick Steiner. Well, again, I think this is where uh, the build-up actually comes into this match as well. It's like there's not really been a hell of a lot of build-up to him. No, I mean, Rick Steiner's not happy that uh, Steve Ray got involved. And the question is about Booker, with, you know, with Rick... They've not really done much of him either, like you said. So he's kind of been involved and now he finds himself here. Rick guess... hangs up Booker on the top rope, close lines him out, eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. Oh, Rick going to the outside of Booker, sending him to Barry Cade. 
Ricking with a roll up. Only gets a two count. Two. German suplexes sends Booker halfway across the ring into the ropes. Rows him up for another pin attempt, but only again the two count. Two. And now Rick Steiner on the back of Booker, just railing down with forearm shots. And referee warning him, but it's legal at the moment. Now Rick hanging Booker up on the bottom rope, choking him out. Referee eventually calls for a break. Rick Steiner still punching away at Booker T. Being warned by the referee and then just doing a full ascent of the count. And then just down with a boot as well. Snap murmur and elbow gets two. Two. Oh, Rick sends Booker into the corner. He gets a back elbow up. Finally getting a bit of separation. Can he get back into this match? As both men hitting elbows and forearms. But Rick remains in full control. Choking out Booker in the corner. And Booker then blocking it. Hits a suplex. Get some separation. But it's Rick on top. And now Rick Steiner's got the submission on. And Booker T might be going out. He's been dominating. No, Booker managing to fight his way back into it. But Rick Steiner with a grab at the back of the trunks. Drags him back down to the mat. Second time it happens. But Booker not giving up. Elbow strikes to the midsection. And Booker T is starting to get on fire, baby. Bucks a close-on attempt. Hits a huge forearm and knocks Rick down. And now can Booker T capitalise on it. Hits Rick in the midsection. Looking for the axe kick. Hits it. Spinner Rooney. The crowd not 100% behind Booker T. Irish whip. Fucking idiot. Well, the commentators called it a spot sidewalk slam, but it's more of a spine buster. And now Booker going up, but Rick's already up to his feet. We can see Missile drop kick. Hits it. What? Oh. Oh, and Scott Steiner out here. To save his brother. Well, what the hell's going on between them? Steiner line. One, two... Oh. No, Booker managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Not like this. We haven't seen the Steiners together for a year. Booker sending Rick into Scott. Harlem sidekick. One, two. two. Oh. Only a two count. And why is the referee's hand under his shoulder telling him to get his shoulder up? <laughs> that two. annoys me. And Scott there grabbing a leg of Booker. Tripping him down. And now Rick Steiner going up to that second rope. All the way up now. Top rope, Bulldog. And Rick Steiner's your new TV champion for some reason. Well, thanks in part to Scott. And the fans can't believe it, but Rick Steiner is champion again. I mean, Scott Steiner coming out. What's it mean? We saw more more Are they in cahoots? Are they in cahoots, Dan? They've not been together since Super Bowl of 1998. It's been a long time. What have we just seen? But as for a match, it wasn't too bad. It's quite slow in parts, but I think the ending was all right, actually, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think the last two, three minutes was probably the best bit of the match. You know, it kind of leaves a little question. Why? Why, Scott? Why are you doing this? But we'll see how it plays out. They probably won't mention any of it ever again. <laughs> well, we don't know. I mean, Scott Steiner is an action later against Bam... Bam, big left. So they're interesting times to come, aren't they? Well, after this, we get a montage of Robinson Flair, Savage and Gorgeous George situation. Situation. And of course, we all know what's going on there. If Charles Robinson wins, then Macho Man is never allowed to wrestle in WWE again. If Gorgeous George wins, then the Macho Man is back. 
And Rick Stein is backstage warning Buff about his brother. So he's talking to Buff about, Scott, what's going on there? So are you ready, Dan? It's the moment you've been wanting to see on the podcast since we started it. It is the Nature Boy, Charles Robinson. We are going to see Little Nate. Little Nate. Woo! You know, I think, (laughs) correct me if I'm wrong, but we are probably seeing more of Charles Robinson than any other competitor. (laughs) On this podcast. Oh, we have seen Charles Robinson loads of times. And look at that. Oh, <laughs> he's embracing embracing his inner nature. Little nature boy jacket. Uh, and he's with Asia, who's kind of like the WCW's rip-off of China. Uh-huh. Now, of course, with nature boy. They could be twins. Ric Flair. Little nature boy on his jacket. <laughs> and is he going to do a little nature strut? Oh, he is. <laughs> He's our referee now, boys and girls. He is. He is the head referee of WWE. Uh, and you look back 20 years in Charles Robinson's career, and he was imitating a little Ric Flair. Look, if this wasn't so silly, it would have been fun, you know. It is It is still quite fun to see uh, when you've got it. It, it. They could have had a Ric Flair versus Macho Man match, but no, 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 no. You've got <laughs> No, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. have Charles Robinson... Versus gorgeous George. Little Nate. And uh, not George the male, it's George a female. <laughs> Asia. Again, it's 20 years later. But here comes gorgeous George. And the crowd responding. So correct me if, if I'm wrong, but isn't this Charles Robinson's debut match? Yes, it is, yeah. And he's going against a female. A woman, yeah. I'm not taking anything away from females, I'm just... He's going against a woman. But anyway. I think you recognise the other woman coming out with Macho Man as well. Um, I meant Medusa. Uh, Medusa coming out, the one on the left. Miss Madness. Yeah, who is Miss Madness? Molly Holly. Molly Holly. Molly Holly is Miss Madness. Oh, fucking hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's made her first appearance in WCW's Miss Madness, who's strange, gorgeous drills. Trip, uh, double G. Damn, they look more like double D's to me, but <laughs> well, whatever you say. Like, hang on. Let's take this match seriously, okay, please. We've got mini Ric Flair going against Gorgeous George. And you want me to take this seriously. <laughs> There's a really <laughs> fit-looking Molly Holly. There's some China rip-off who I wouldn't touch with yours. Uh... And there's Medusa who, meh. But the macho man could be back. We saw him as guest referee in April, of course, costing Ric Flair. And this is why these two men, they've they've hated each other. Going back to WrestleMania 8, you know, if if you look at uh, uh, things in that way, hated each other for a very long time. Ric Flair's not liked in St. Louis. Joking Randy Orton's in the crowd. (laughs) Is he offering Molly Holly some sex? He's offering Molly Holly and Medusa. And she's going to get a little nature. Little nature boy, the man, Charles Robinson. A match I've certainly gone up from Liz. <laughs> <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is your referee. Charles Robinson with not Brian Nobbs thrusts, but still. Little nature. Oh, matcha man. Bonesaw's going to get you. Gorgeous George gonna kick your ass. Macho is a pimp as a sign in the crowd. 
Well, he's got three hoes with him. So here we go. Can we get down to business? <laughs> Charles Robinson's getting out of the ring. Oh, sorry. I thought Ric Flair was the one in the ring. It's actually his Charles Robinson. And this could be the best thing we've ever seen or the most ridiculous. <laughs> 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 and Macho, give him some advice. You're going to suck it. <sighs> You're going to lick it. You're going to like it. You're going to hit me like I'm going to hit a tree. Yeah. And Flair giving Little Nate some advice. It is Little Nate. <laughs> <laughs> I even like his boots. Yeah, and on the trunks as well. <laughs> Robinson wants to start with George. Oh, my God. Robinson now <laughs> just mocking with a woo. And little Nate is not happy. And he's, oh, my God, getting in the face of Macho Man. And that gives George a chance to open and just wrench Charles Robinson's arm round. But he reverses it. Oh, my God, and he's working over George. George reverses on Robinson. And that arm being wrenched back and forth. Hammerlock by George. Well, I can't believe what we're seeing here. Oh, but Robinson manages to reverse it. Is he humping her from behind, or is that just the way he's... It's the way he's doing it. He's trying to tell her what oh. to do next. Oh, and she reverses. And now she's got the full Nelson. Oh, my God. Oh, snap her takeover. <laughs> oh, and George pushes Flair into Flair. Oh, sorry, Robinson into Flair. Uh, meeting of the minds there. If um, Rick took off his robe, you'd think it's Charles Robinson in the ring. Well, Macho's just got in the middle of the ring and said, come on, Flair, bring it. And Flair's saying to Robinson, you can do this. And Flair's had enough. He's got a chair. Asia, is she dead or alive? Dead. Well, Robinson's got the chair. And Miss Madness is stopping him. Oh, and Robinson from behind on Miss Madness. Oh, don't you dare. Oh. And Miss Madness slammed. Oh, you son of a gun, Robinson. Gorgeous George and Macho can't believe it. And <laughs> the referee pushing Robinson, who does the flare bump. Oh, gorgeous George, got to get back in and, oh. Robinson cutting her off as soon as she gets back. Hanging her up on the second rope. And again, Robinson just, <laughs> he's choking George on that big rope. That is a thick rope to be choked on as well. God, that's bad. Should have get neck burn in a minute. Robinson again, just choking her. She can't handle it anymore. Look at her gagging. She's gagging. She's wriggling around in the middle of the ring as he's just choking her out. The referee really needs to do something about this. Flair chopping a strap. But George drags him back into the ring. And chops Robinson's chest. Irish whips him. Oh, <laughs> Robinson does a flare bump. Ducks underneath, goes up top. Oh! And gets grabbed. That looks like flare, 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 flare. Nothing but flare. And Robinson, like his mentor flare, unable to go from the top. As George is getting uh, ready to ride him, cowboy. Clothesline takedown. And gorgeous George might just win this match. Oh! And a Robinson bump. <coughs> George turns him over. One, two. No, Robinson managing to kick out. Ah. And now goes George with a run-up. Got a hold of Robinson's head. Throws him across the ring by his heed. Well, George comes running in, but Robinson moves. Now Asia's got... 
wrenching the knee of George. But Medusa comes around and kicks to the back of the head of Asia. And Flair doesn't want any of that. Referee's lost complete control, but here comes Robinson now. He's got the knee bar locked in. And he's using the ropes. George kicks Robinson off. And Robinson again working the leg, but George managed to push her away. Oh, oh and a knee breaker. Oh, Charles Robinson's got a bit of talent in that ring. And George working... Uh, and now little Nate's working the leg, and he's going to go for it. Figure four, perfectly applied. She's got both shoulders down, by the way, ref. And George in all sorts of trouble trying to turn this. Turns it over, reverses the pressure. And uh, Robinson could tap if he's not careful. Referee distracts again, Flair's there. Oh, but Macho Man in, taking out Flair. And Savage with a low blow to Lil Nate. And slamming down Charles Robinson. And gorgeous George going up. Hits the elbow from the second rope. One... Two, three. Oh, Flair couldn't stop it. Macho Man is back. <laughs> and he decks Asia. Oh, Miss Madness back to defeat Medusa. And Macho celebrate. And is it, am I crazy? Was that entertaining? Uh, <laughs> am I crazy? Did I just enjoy it? I think I did. <laughs> well, it was a bit more entertaining than the Stevie versus Conan and the Nobs versus Bigelow, but. Not that much more. I really liked it. I know I was a little bit of stalling in the early game, but for a, a referee versus a woman that's never wrestled before, I mean, look at all the bumps Robinson took as well, you know? Full-on flair. That's going there, Robinson, look, penis. Gusset. And an elbow off the top. Look at that no, she's got. I enjoyed that. And I'm not scared to admit it. So it's Buff Bagwell versus Scott Steiner next. And uh, we just saw a little video of how it all came about. And, and these two have been friends ever since the NWO days, haven't they, Dan? You know, it's been a long time coming with Buff and Scott. It has indeed, Jess. And uh, it's just, I think we're just glad that we're going to get a payoff from one of Scott Steiner's feuds. I mean, we didn't get a payoff from the feud with his brother. But his next tag team partner, we are going to get a payoff from. And it is Buff, and here's the stuff going against Scott Steiner. So, I mean, Scott Steiner works well as a, as a heel, but Buff as a face, is that is that something that works for you? What are your thoughts on, on Buff the stuff? Well, he's certainly loved by the fans. I don't think he's talented, and I don't think Scott Steiner's talented either, but, yeah. <laughs> Would you get rid of the two, or do you think there is there's something worthwhile of keeping them, if you know what I mean? I think... Buff works well as kind of like a, a Healy-type manager. You know, someone that could le- legitimately get involved and, you know, you'd be able to believe it. Whereas, like, you know, the likes of Mr. Fuji hitting someone, you're like, fuck off. Or Yoko Ono, or whatever it is. Oh, sorry, Sonny Ono. Yoko Ono is fucking John Lennon's. But, um, yeah, you know, it's as far as wrestling goes, No. I think the Steiners work as a tag team. I think maybe that's their best thing to do, is try and build a tag team division which is non-existent and then have Rick and Scott as a kind of part of it, you know? And Scott Steiner's coming down to Wolfpack music? Yeah, well, I mean, st- technically, I think there might still be a Wolfpack. Well, they've not mentioned he's gone a separate way. Hogan is out. Luger? L- Luger is... We saw something with him and Liz, but we don't really know. He's, he's not really a Wolfpack now. 
But Scott Stein's kind of taken on the uh, the theme again, you know, the last dying remnants of it. And he is US champion, of course, winning the tournament. Oh, and Buff's on the attack early. Not letting Scott get the title off him, even. And sends him into the turnbuckle. And Buff probably knows Scott's weaknesses of being so close to him this past year and kind of protecting him in most of the matches and confrontations with his brother Rick. And now down low, netbreaker. No, not even going for a cover. Just going, continuing the beat down. Oh, well, and as the a... ref was taking the belt out of the ring, Scott hit a low blow and gets himself back into this match. And what about that one? The referee saw that clear as day. Yes. And Scott just telling the referee to shut up. Is this the same referee that was in control of the triple threat tag match? It might be, and it would be if that's the case. We know what we need to be doing with him. Steiner line and elbow drop. And Big Papa Pump, yeah, sure, he's uh, looks physically imposing. And now he's got Buff Bago up. Upside down into the midsection to the top turnbuckle. And a pose from Scott. Take a shot, ladies and gentlemen, every time Scott Steiner flexes during a match. I reckon if you had a triple threat match with Buff, Scott Steiner and Lex Luger, there would be more posing than there would be wrestling moves in that match. Oh, I guarantee you, yeah. And Buff and Barry Cade. And look, James, not a single mobile phone in sight. Everyone just living the moment. If I was there, you know what I'd be doing if I was there. Scott Steiner, you man! <laughs> Buff, you man! Exactly. So, and Scott Steiner, the Irish trip to Buff on a Barry Kay. And now George Jackin with some fan. Now Scott Steiner with a kick to Buff. Picking up Buff and sending him back first into the top turnbuckle, hanging him up in the tree of woe. Scott Steiner having a go at the fans rather than concentrating on Buff. He's saying, you want a piece of me? Gets caught up on that top rope. And now Scott Steiner with a shot to Buff. Just taking him down. And it's been all Scott Steiner in this match apart from Buff in the early going. Calling someone a piece of shit. And now Scott Steiner. Snapmare takedown. And just working on Buff Bagwell. It's only finished though, right? And Scott Steiner Buff. And now he's going to look... And here's a belly-to-belly suplex. No, he's going to the outside, though. To get the steel chair. I don't know why. If he uses it, he's disqualified. No, Buff dodges it and then hits a clothesline. Chair goes back in base. And now the fans slowly get behind Buff and get into his feet. And now Buff with the right hands to Scott Steiner. Irish whip. Drop kick. And the fans actually getting involved. And Buff might be able to put away Scott Steiner here. Inverted atomic drop. And Scott Steiner grabs the referee and Buff accidentally clotheslines him. And Buff Bagwell's got the steel chair. Rick Steiner's down now. And Rick Steiner's saying, no, he's not doing the chair. Let's double team him. Oh. Hit him across the shoulder with the chair. And Rick waking up the referee. And, well, we asked earlier. There's no doubt now that the Steiner's not only cahoots, but are working together again. Both men are champions. Referee checking on Buff. He's out. Ref calls for the bell. Wow. And Scott Steiner wins. And now the Steiner's just beat down on Buff Bagwell. And this is why we never had the Steiner payoff because they might have been in cahoots all along. (laughs) Buff Bagwell gets taken out. And the Steiners are back together. 
Well, there you go. United States and TV champions, the Steiners reform. What are you thinking of that, Dan? Is that going to help them out? It'll certainly help Rick out, I think. Scott Steiner, you know, he's quite established. He's kind of done more than his brother since their split. So, you know, if anyone, it is going to work in Rick's favour. Yeah, so the Steiners are back together. And, of course, you know, it's be interesting times to see what goes on with that? But up next, of course, it is for control of WCW. It's Rowdy Roddy Piper going against the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. And what a crazy storyline this has been. For Flair getting taken to the uh, mental hospital, uh, <laughs> Rowdy Piper being made the commission as well. What have you thought of, sort of the power of control of WCW, Dan? It has been crazy, and literally crazy. I mean, Ric Flair was... Sent to an insane asylum. What the fuck's that all about? Um, you know, these two guys, they're definitely over the hill. And again, you know, they're taking up places on the roster that could be used for people that probably deserved it more. Could go together in matches that we haven't seen before as opposed to recreating what made WWF popular 10 years ago. Well, it's an interesting matchup, Piper versus Flair, because we've maybe not seen it as much as other matches, but again, like I said, these two guys passed the prime. And to be in control of WCW, what's it mean? I mean, Flair beat Bischoff, you know, to win control of WCW and become president, and then Rowley Roddy Piper comes in. So you've not really explained it. Who really is in control of WCW? We've not seen Bischoff since then, have we? So that is a question of Flair earlier. You know, he's got his problems with Macho Man. Now has to concentrate on Rowdy Roddy Piper. I mean, for Flair for not being used at all is, like you said, being used week in, week out now. Indeed, he's, yeah. He's not coming out here alone. No, he's got Ch- uh, Asia and Arn Anderson with him. So we are back in action once again with Little Nate's note. Sorry, it's not Charles Robinson. It is... Big size Charles Robinson, Ric Flair. With little Charles Robinson who wants to be the referee in this match. And he is still president. He's just fired a referee. Well, to be fair, he can still do this. Rally Roddy Piper's saying, well, that's what he says. Think of that referee's children and kids. Oh, Piper's had enough talking and he slaps Ric Flair so hard that he falls down. Well, the match is starting. It might be over soon. Well, I know Piper didn't, and Flair didn't talk about their matching costumes in this match. But Piper with the chops. Both dressed in blue and battering each other. Black and blue. Piper with a high back body drop. Robinson telling Flair to get... Robinson telling Piper to back up. Piper grabs hold of referee Robinson. Well, Flair holds all the uh, cards at the moment. As Piper spits at Flair, trying to get him to come on to him. Both men lock up. Flair backs Piper into the corner with a chop. Piper turns it round and delivers the same to him, but threefold. Fivefold. Flocked by left and right. <laughs> <laughs> and Flair absolutely entertaining, does a Flair bump. After being boxed silly by Piper. Is this a reality check for Ric Flair? As Piper chases him down, backs him up against Barry Cade and chops him some more. Well, to be the president, you have to beat the president. That's what Piper finding out. But Flair reversing with chops on his own. 
<laughs> and the old run away. The flare begging off. <laughs> Poked to the eyes <laughs> from Piper. Do you reckon Rowdy Piper has ever actually been to Glasgow, Scotland? Yeah, I think it might might have been once or twice. I would hope so. There's a ten punches in the corner. And it's been all Piper. And Charles Robinson conveniently didn't see his man, Rick Flair's low blow to Piper. And Flair telling Charles that he was choking him. And Robinson schooled Piper for that. Well, Flair throws Piper on the outside. And Arn Anderson's right hands on the outside. And Arn Anderson doing the right thing, telling the referee that he's just helping Piper back into the ring. As Flair thrusts towards the fans and does a little strut. And Flair now just controlling the action, getting Arn Anderson to distract Charles Robinson. As Asia punches him down low. And Flair back and Piper up in the corner, but Piper fighting out now. He's got the chops in the right hands, but a poke to the eye stops him in his tracks. Irish Rip reversal sends Flair into the corner and a back body drop. But Piper's tallywhack has taken a bit of a beating. And Piper had a beat, and Robinson not doing the count properly. Oh, mate, it's just so obvious that Robinson and Flair. A cheating Piper. Oh, I, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't say that though. There's no evidence that they are actually in cahoots. Oh, James. come on! Nothing. You see, he dressed up as Ric Flair earlier in the night. Yeah. Yeah. So I've dressed up as a woman a couple of times. Don't mean to say. Don't mean to care about him. Well, I'm just saying. It, oh, come on! It's it's just so obvious. And Flair. I, I can't see it personally. They look nothing alike. I think Rowdy Piper and Ric Flair look more alike. Are they not in cahoots? Well, Piper's trying to fight for his life and the presidency here. Flair again begging off as the chops from Piper are just too much. Irish Rip bumps Flair over the top and he stumbles to the mats. Nearly does it as well as Charles Robinson. But Charles Robinson done it better. Now Piper's in a Flair into ring post. To be fair though, it is two old men wrestling, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> Well, no, like like the Hogan match we've seen, we've seen chops, we've seen low blows, we've seen chokes. I don't think we've seen any of what you'd call wrestling. Shoulder block takedown. They both men batted heads there. And Charles Robinson telling the competitors to get up. Now Flair, he's got the leg, putting on that bottom rope with the help of Arn Anderson. And now Flair's got the figure four in, middle of the ring. Cinched in deep. And Piper's in serious trouble. Robinson, oh, count the shoulders, only get the two. Two. Round to turn it round. And Piper desperately fighting. And he's got it over. Flair's in trouble. But Flair knowing how to break it quickly. And Flair throwing Piper to the outside. But this time, Arn Anderson trying to get his hands on him. Piper fights back. Low. Sunset flip. <laughs> Oh, no. And we get oh. to see Space Mountain's backside. Oh, no. Oh, no. Put the women and children for bed. Go Irish whip. Come the hip toss. Piper with a backslide. Oh, come on, Charles. He's being grabbed hold of by Arn Anderson. There's nothing he can do. Oh, my God. Flair looking to lock in. Small package by Robinson. And Arn Anderson calling... Charles Robinson over again. Well, Piper had the pin there. Robinson just ignored it. No, it was on Anderson's fault. 
And now Flair's right are still on show as Piper's got Flair. Frozen from the top. And now Piper's got Flair. He's got a figure four locked in. <laughs> Flair saying, yes, I give up. And Robinson saying, no, he's not. What is that about then? Charles Robinson must have hearing difficulties. And he can't now see Arn Anderson in there. Arn Anderson's not doing anything. It's Piper. Well, Piper's got Arn Anderson with a sleeper. And Flair's slowly getting up. Not like this. Flair, Irish whip. Reverse. Now Piper's got a sleeper. Cinchlin deep on Flair. Well, Arn Anderson's out. And now here comes Asia. Hits Piper from behind. To no effect. And now Piper's got hold of Asia. Oh! He's kissing her then. Oh! Is he raping her mouth with his? And now he's putting a sleeper on her. And Robinson's got... Oh, come on now, Robinson. Well, Robinson's saying, Piper, you shouldn't put your hands on a female. Well, there you go. Piper knocking out Robinson. I think Flair's got something in his hand. And he clocked... And Robinson gets a victory. Uh, and Flair gets a victory. <laughs> well, Robinson wins as well. These two men, Dan, are obviously in cahoots. What a clusterfuck of a match that was. I don't see it. What are your thoughts on that match? Or what, just a normal match, was Absolutely it? Absolutely amazing. 50-50 call. Referee done perfect. <laughs> I have never seen more outside interference. Ron Anderson, Asia, Robinson. It's a handicap match. I've never seen a wrestling match with literally no wrestling. And what? What? Who is this silver foxed man coming out here? He looks like Eric Bischoff with silver hair. Well, we haven't seen Bish since obviously losing the presidency role. Did he get his head shaved? Well, now Bischoff here with Piper. Well, Bischoff telling Flair to shut the hell up. All right, a minute. He's saying Piper won this match. So Flair's lost. Bischoff fucking Piper. And what a weird, surreal moment that is. So I guess Flair's no longer president. Piper is. Oh! And the Ric Flair that the fans want is being cheered because he's been fired. And Piper telling Flair to go home. (laughs) 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 And Flair having a go at children. Just telling him to sit down. It is hilarious, Flair is. So Piper's in charge now and he thanks Eric Bischoff and what a weird moment after everything Bischoff has done to Roddy Piper throughout time. <clears throat> but hey, it's WCW, Dan. What are your thoughts on that match again? Um, Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen anything like it and I hope I don't again. <laughs> well, what a, what a weird match it's been and what a weird night it's been with the pay-per-view. But up next, it should get serious because the two biggest stars in WSW, Sting and Goldberg. And these came about because of mutual respect. And uh, each man wanted to just face the other. Well, Goldberg's had no direction, let's face it, since losing the title. He should have basically... What it should have been, I'm going to tell you. He lost the title. Come back. His target should have been the NWO. Dismantle that rather than them just disappearing as they did. Facing off Kevin Nash, Scott Hall in the grudge matches and then against, you know, uh, and then getting the title back in that way. Instead, they haven't. Uh, Nash is in the title match tonight, but he's turned face and it's Goldberg versus Sting. And, and this would be a great match if it wasn't just thrown together. So, 
what happens with the fallout from Goldberg and Brett after Goldberg speared Brett and Brett had a metal plate under his jersey? Brett then quit WSW, never to be seen again. Sting right. has come back since then and won the world title, beating DDP and then, of course, losing it back in a fatal four-way match. So it's been interesting. Goldberg should have won the fatal four-way match if it wasn't for outside interference as well. So, so Goldberg has still only lost one match. Goldberg is still, yeah, no, yeah one laughing, but kind of little direction. Remember seeing him wrestle humorous. So what have you thought of the treatment of Goldberg this past year, Dan, we were watching it? I think it has been terrible. Um, you know, it started off great. You was thinking, fuck me, big things are going to come and happen to him. Um, yes, he, he may have only lost once, but I, I just think it's the way he lost was terrible. And again, you know, as you say, there was no retribution from it. There's no comeback from it. It was just, all right, he lost. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and, and that's what it's been. He's been kind of like, oh, I'll fight anybody. I want the title back. But he's not kind of immediately come out and said that. And now being put against Sting, it's kind of a weird. Yes, like I say, it's a cool matchup. But it should have more meaning to it. And, and this is why you're giving away stuff. And then the Goldberg Sting match down the road doesn't mean anything because they've already faced off on pay-per-view rather than being first time ever. But like I said, WWE at this moment in time are throwing a lot of shit at the wall and seeing what kind of sticking. And they've decided Goldberg Sting looks good on paper. And this is what we're having on pay-per-view. And I'll tell you what, since Sting's come back, though, he has been motivated. That's what we have seen, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know? But wouldn't the loss hurt one of these guys? Without a doubt. The loss here would be bad for either. Like, this thing's come back with so much momentum. And after losing the world title, you know, he needs to come back strong. But will he be beating Goldberg here? And what's next for either man after this as well? Well, this is kind of, in effect, a number one contenders match, surely. Don't call me Shirley, but you've got to think it is. So who else is there to go for the title? I mean, you know, whoever wins out of Nash and DDP yeah. later on. Well, Macho Man's back as well now, don't forget. Yeah, whoever wins out of Nash and DDP later on, one of these two guys has surely got to be in the line for it. <laughs> Goldberg Irish whipping Sting and drops Sting on his head. Oh, that was a horrible way to start. You can tell Goldberg's still green as fuck at this moment in time. Well, yeah. again, you know, he hasn't had any proper matches. It's just been him dominating another guy. And he takes Sting down and clotheslines him over the top. Then he gets his arm trapped in between the ropes as well. And it might be the first time we've had a little bit of jeers towards Goldberg as well. Is that, a, again, you know, is it because of the matchup that he's in? Like, going against Sting. Obviously, Sting's a huge fan favourite, so is Goldberg. So, one of them's got to be cheered and the other's got to be jeered. But the thing is, you want them to be, you know, the meaning to it and the reason why you're following for, not just because you're seeing him. Well, know? if this match was happening nowadays, it'd be let's go Sting, let's go Goldberg chant, yeah, you know, 50-50 yeah, yeah. chant, but these fans aren't the most intelligent, are they? No, but to be fair to them, I mean, what they've they've seen tonight, you know, they kind of got into the Macho Man match and they watch it on it, they want to be involved, but WSW not really giving them much to to be excited about, you know, in a weird way. Sting ducking a big boot from Goldberg, hitting him with a drop kick. And now Goldberg's getting eliminated from the Royal Rumble, sent over the top rope, lands on his feet and just glares back at Sting. He says that, you know, what's good for you is good for me. 
Sting trying to tra- take Goldberg over, but Goldberg blocking it and getting him in a kind of wrist lock. Like a weird version of a cross arm breaker. Oh, he, he's got it in. He's just trying to take Sting away and Sting getting to that bottom rope. And Goldberg blades cleanly. And Sting with a bulldog taking Goldberg down. And gets the action that's mixed as well. Irish whip. Sting going down low, drop kicking the knee of Goldberg. That's got a huge brace on it. And Sting on the attack, and that's just so clever. Because he's got so much more experience than Goldberg as well. With big match situations. Situation. He weathered the early storm. And now Sting, half Boston Crab. He's got a full Boston Crab locked in now. But Goldberg just powering out. So much strength in his legs. And Sting having to kind of reassess his uh, options towards this match. And again, simplistically going down low to the knee. Chopping a big tree down. Now Sting with a takedown to Goldberg. Side headlock. And Goldberg getting to his feet. Sting's in a little bit of trouble. He knows he's only holding the uh, the door shut at the moment for Goldberg. As he suplexes him though. But Goldberg straight up to his feet. Kick to the midsection. Like a hip lock suplex there. Two. For Sting kicking out. Ah. And Goldberg likes a just brute strength there. Will pick you up even if you don't want to. Goldberg's still got a bit of a bad will though. And then a twisting net breaker. And now Goldberg's got Sting Irish whip. Crossing the corner. Oh, looking for the spear. Sting sidesteps. Now Sting going up with a big clothesline off the top. Gain momentum and ooh to the crowd. Woo! Woo! Charges toward Goldberg, Stinger Splash. Loads him up for a second. Hits it. And for the trivecta, Goldberg catches him. And plants him down to the mat. And there you go, that got the reaction the crowd wanted. Brute strength from Goldberg. Well, you know what happens after the spear? Wait a minute. Well, Bret Hart turns up. (laughs) Bret Hart, quit. What's he doing back here? With a steel chair, throws the referee. Hits oh. Goldberg on the head with a chair. And now... Straight to that knee. Brett is just attacking Goldberg. Brett is back and attacking Goldberg. Does Sting know or Brett and Sting in cahoots, Dan? They could well be. Brett's left Sting well alone and he's getting out of the match. On inners. And what the hell's going on here? Oh, and they're both attacking Sting. Um, well, these two men are back together now, beating down the two faces of the company in Goldberg and Sting, and maybe this is a sign of things to come. Brett's already assaulted Goldberg. It's easy pickings. Oh, this is unbelievable stuff here. Well, we've seen Bischoff back tonight. The Steiner brothers reformed. This has been an assault, and uh, Steiner Brothers definitely showing they mean business. And this is the Steiner Brothers making a statement, and no bigger one than laying out Goldberg and Sting. What are your thoughts on this, Dan? Wow, is it the Steiners kind of making a statement? Um, Bret Hart, why is he back? What's his motivation? You know, what... it, it's good questions, though, isn't it? You know, fucking hell. 
Rick Steiner looks really weird about his fucking head. <laughs> maybe that's why he always wears his head. He <laughs> looks completely fucking different. Well, maybe they're setting it up, and I think it's a good way of WCW doing it. But up next, the WCW title is on the line. Michael Buffer will be doing the entrances, and it's going to be Diamond Dallas Page versus Kevin Nash. Now, I'm going to ask you straight. Does Kevin Nash deserve a world title opportunity? No. He's still coming out to the Wolfpack tune. Yeah, and, you know, the Wolfpack with Kevin Nash. Is this Scott Steiner, Rick Steiner involved in that now? Where is Nash? He's getting cheered as he comes out here. It's big sex to get his opportunity, even though he laid down for Hogan to take the title off him when he beat in Goldberg under those circumstances as well. So here comes Page a month in, and he's been a two-time champ so far. So what have you thought of DDP as World Heavyweight Champion as he comes out here, Dan? Does he carry it well? Is he a main eventer? Um... He does, but I'm not quite sure what's going on with him. He's a heel now, I guess, yeah? Yeah. So he was so over with the fans. He was the people's champion when he wasn't a champion. But now he is a champion. <laughs> He's forgotten about the people who's, he was the champion of when he didn't have yeah. a championship. Yeah, there was a point made, I think you made in a couple of podcasts, uh, the WWE stuff, uh, was like whoever then kind of gets turned by its kind of power in WCW, you see it a lot. Whoever, like Ric Flair won the title and then all of a sudden he became this horrible person in control. The same with DDP as well. So it doesn't it doesn't help. I think Goldberg was kind of the only person that was immune to its power. Yeah, exactly. yeah and then he just wasn't featured heavily enough. Yeah. And Paige went for the diamond cut when he had to go. Nash him, pushes him to the outside. And Nash being, you know, the writer, booker of this show, but yeah, just because he's in the main event doesn't mean he wanted to put himself in the main event. Or do you think he had kind of no other option? I mean, who else on the card could be in this position? Well, it's a Goldberg sting. You see all the younger talent that we've seen here tonight who will eventually get bored and disillusioned and leave, leaving the Rick Steiners and the Scott Steiners left to fight for themselves. So, like That's there, why Booker T becomes five-time champion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Booker T's the one that's left, and he's like, all right, here we go. And this is the problem. They've booked themselves in a corner. We've seen tonight, I mean, the last three matches, who's, you know, the youngest guy's probably been Goldberg by Country Mile. There. And Paige sent off the apron by Nash. And Nash is definitely over with the crowd. That's something to be said for him, even if it is a sacrifice of other wrestlers. But again, you know, with Nash, he came out to the NWO Wolfpack theme, the same theme that Scott Steiner come out to, who is clearly and visibly a hill. <laughs> But Nash seems like he's a face, but DDP's the hill. So, yeah, unless they do like a mega group of NWO, who who you know targeting all the good guys, then that makes sense. But but then that would make DDP the face, but he's the hill. And this therein lies the problem as well. They're not sure what direction. They're going to get. There's no long-term planning, you know. They don't know what's going to happen at Starcade. The only match that I, you know, look forward to is Bret Hart Goldberg because we've never seen that before, you know. Apart yeah. from that, and I think you know Bret Hart for all his worth, he's a good technical wrestler. He could probably get a good, slightly technical match out of Goldberg, but depending on which Bret Hart shows up. Well, Bret Hart's not had a world title opportunity yet since being in WWE, and let's not forget he's been in since December of '97. Now, not yeah. so nearly two years in, uh, and not been really given then a chance. Then he US champion. Yeah, he was US champion, and then that kind of got dropped out of the way. In fact, he losing to Page. Yeah. I mean, Page has been feuding with a lot of people, 
Macho Man throughout 97 and, of course, like, Bret Hart last year. Yeah, I think Paige has probably had the best standout run of WCW since we've been watching it. I mean, Goldberg, he's been on a good run, but booking-wise, Paige has kind of trumped it. Yeah. No, I think I completely agree with you. It's Nash is dominating Paige in the corner. And again, Nash, you know, even though he's a writer, booker, or whatever he is, he's kind of not giving himself too much. I mean, you know, he had a brief kind of forgetful run with the tag team titles. Yeah, I mean, he buried a giant in the uh, yeah. uh, the last time out, which is a bit of a shame. And, and Nash kind of just does what Nash wants to do. But he's obviously got Hogan in his ear as well. And that's what we've seen his past cut with the NWO stuff. He's always been playing second fiddle. And maybe he's just waiting for his opportunity to become the number one guy, which, he, you know, can come tonight, you know, with Hogan not around. He could, and he could carry it well as well. Well, he did it with WF. And Vincent Mann must have saw something in him to, you know, get, make, him, make him be the champion for a year. Well, he's, you know, he's big and in the right place. He could be a dominating monster, but he doesn't carry himself off like that. Yeah, he's not serious enough sometimes. As we see out, we see referee getting distracted the right way by Paige who hits a low blow. Yeah. And that's why Hill needs to come back into this match as well. You know, the face always But needs you to be look at Paige and you look at the referee. You tell me they're not in cahoots like Ric Flair and fucking oh, Charles come Robinson. Off it now. Come on, look. They both got the mullet tied back into a weird little ponytail. They both got the dodgy looking porn star stash. There's nothing wrong with a dodgy porn star stash. Yeah, if you're a porn star. Well, Paige has got Satan in his hand and he's nipping away at the turnbuckle pads. And now Nick Patrick seeing where it went, and Paige is going to use that as a weapon. He used a microphone. Well, mic drop. Can he get the pin? No, Nash managing to kick out. Ah. And Paige cannot believe it. Oh. Nash sends Paige head first into <laughs> that exposed turnbuckle. So it's come back to haunt DDP already. Oh, <laughs> one, two. No. Oh. Well, draping the arm across Paige. Just before the nine count. And uh, only getting a two from that, though. Two. Page back to his feet, and now both men rocking each other. And it's not been a bad match so far. As Page now building momentum. And he eliminates Kevin Nash from the Royal Rumble. The wolf pack there doing their symbol, and then into the diamond. When he wants Nash to feel the bang. And Page now taking his time, going after Nash. Baseball slide. Straight to the ribs of Nash. That's how you take a big man down. Oh. Diamond cutter on the outside. Now he's got to figure out how to get Nash back in. Well, if I was Paige, you'd just get in and get the count out. He doesn't need to muck around here. Well, Bobby Heenan just made complete sense. and It's not a false count anywhere, Match, you fucking idiot. Does Paige not know the rules of wrestling? Well, he's a champ. He calls the shots. Yeah, but he's been over 10 seconds fucking around now. And instead, he's going to try and bring Kevin Nash in. <clears throat> now he's trying to get a deadweight Nash back in the ring. Eventually does. Goes for a pinfall, but, but Nash kicks out. Well, DDP in. He's going to go for the cover using the ropes. One, two. Oh! Nash somehow managed to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. And Paige going down really low there. It was the lower abdomen, though, as the commentators correctly called. And Paige definitely feeling confident in this one. 
What do you think of Page's cocky heel swagger? I don't mind it, to be fair. I mean, he's he's holding his own at this moment in time. And Page's going to go low again. And DDP, sort of focus on Nash, taking his time talking to the crowd. Now Page taking Nash to the ring post. A DDP going down, uh, wrapping Nash's legs around a post. Twice going for that knee. Looks for a third time, but Nash putting his legs in. Driving DDP's head post. Kind of getting a bit of separation between the two. And Page in now the right hands, knocking Nash down. You've got to say Page has been in control. I mean, Nash tried to get in and Page cutting him off. And now Page begging Nash to get up as there's a disturbance in the crowd. And now Page with the rights and lefts and Nash. But Nash is up to a vertical base. What's going on in the crowd? Well, everybody seems to be distracted as Nash just takes out Page. And here's Nash building momentum now. Big clothesline. Nash's comeback's on. Snake eyes on the exposed turnbuckle. And Page's title reign could be coming to an end. Again, all. Dropping the weight on the back of Page as he was joked over the second rope. Irish whip, big boot. And now Nash looks like he means business. Calling for it. And load him up for the jackknife. Jackknife. Hits it. And... Mandy Savage is in. And a disqualification on a pay-per-view. And the eighth interference in nine matches. What the fuck are we doing? Why did we watch this if there's going to be no finishes? Why is Macho come out here for? What the fuck? He came back as a face. These two used to be friends. Nash created the wolf pack so Macho Man could be in it. Bischoff's made it, making his way down here, though. Well, can we please sort this shit out? Well, Macho telling Bischoff not to mess with him. And Bischoff saying it's going to go to a finish. We're actually going to get a proper ending. Wow. Wow, what? I had to watch. Shut up my ass. So this match is continuing. Page has not won. Has not retained. But Nash is still down. So the match is continuing. Nash struggling to get up to his feet. Side Russian leg sweep from Page. Floats over lovely into a cover. Only a two count. Two. And Nash still in this one. Barely. Page with boot up. Gets blocked. Goes for the clothesline. Both men ducking each other. A lariat from Page. Goes for the cover. But only a two again. Two. And now Page with a sleeper. And now Page slowly putting Nash to sleep. But Nash low shots to the midsection. Throws Page off. Reverses it. Gets him in a sleeper. And Page is slowly going out. Oh, jawbreaker. Gets some separation. Ref, uh, Page in the cover. But Nash managing to... Ah. <clears throat> and Page is just frustrated now. He wants a steel chair. He's going to use it on Nash. <laughs> Nash ducks out of the way. Page hits the top rope. Bounces back. Clobbers himself in the face with the chair. And then Page all sorts of trouble. Nash into the cover. One. Two. Oh, no. Page just managing to kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. Well, it's been a war. Nash now using the chair to get up. 
and Paige with a low blow, clear as day, into the cover. But Nash still managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And Paige can't believe it. has got the chair. Nash with a big boot, sending a chair into Paige's face. Paige should have just left that chair outside. <clears throat> it didn't help him whatsoever. Nash dropping the straps. You know what happens when people drop the straps, James? Well, it means business. It, it, it means that he means business. It means you know what it means. No, that's why I said... Oh, it's jackknife time. He's super serious now, is Nash. So what happens after the big boot? Well, he goes in between his legs. And we're not talking about knobs now, Dan. We're talking about Kevin Nash. He jacks him up. Knifes him down. (laughs) Goes for the cover. One, two, three. There you have it. And new WCW champion... Big sexy Kevin Nash. Dan, what are your thoughts? I thought it was a very entertaining match, actually. Um, you know, it's like since Eric Bischoff's kind of back on the scene, there's going to be no screwy finishes to matches that matter, i.e., title matches. You know, there was a bit of shenanigans with Macho Man. I don't know what's going on with him and DDP. But Bischoff came down, restarted it, the best kid with that. And it finished, and it wasn't a bad match. No, and it gives you hope for the future. Is Bischoff going to be there now as a guy to fix his previous mistakes and make sure we get proper finishes at pay-per-views? Are Stein is going to be the dominant force now and taking out the franchise players in Sting and Goldberg? You know, what's Bret Hart's plans as well? So it opens up a few questions which are good. A pay-per-view as a whole, we're going to check it out in a minute and give it a rating. I don't think it was too bad. You know, Nash gets his chance now to have a proper well, unless he loses it tomorrow night on Nitro, which would be interesting to see. Uh, don't forget we'll bring you more Nitros in our next episode as well, but we'll get on to that in a minute. Let's just go back then and talk about the whole card, or the card as a whole. We started off with Saturn Raven versus Ray Kidman versus Benoit Malenko for the tag titles, Dan. Yeah, um, that was given a lot of time. Uh, it was still quite a good match. A bit crazy at times. Uh, too much, far, far too much interference. Um, but it was still quite an enjoyable match on the whole, and I gave that three and three quarters. Uh, I gave it three and a half. Like it was mental. It felt like an ECW match at one point, where there's just so much shit being thrown around. And Raven was kind of disinterested at points in the match. And just Benoit Malenko dominated for long stretches of periods. I was surprised about the outcome, but yeah, three and a half wasn't a bad match. The second match, and he sent me to sleep, awful. Stevie Ray versus Conan. Conan needs better, and I don't even like him. That's how bad his booking is at the moment, you know? Awful match. Uh, I gave that two and a half out of five. Yeah, uh, that match was just a comedy of errors. There was so many fuck-ups and botches and just what the fuck's going on with this match. I also gave that two and a half out of Five. Yeah, it was bad, and then it nearly got worse with Nobbs versus Bam Bam in a hardcore match next. I mean, another clusterfuck of a match, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It was just one of them matches where they were just hitting things for the sake of it. The only half decent spot they managed to fucking botch as well was up by the merch stand where they went through the table. What happened? Was it like Bam Bam Bigelow fell off the table? Yeah. Nobbs still hit him, but then got thrown through said table anyway. Uh, it was. It was just far too much going on for what was meant to have been a hardcore match. 
and it took everything away from it. I gave that a two and three quarters. Yeah, I gave two three quarters, but it was the only match without outside interference. So <laughs> it was yes. <laughs> uh, Rick Steiner versus Booker T for the TV title. Bit of a weird one, this, because they didn't feel like they had a long enough time to really get onto it. The crowd were supportive of Rick more than, I think, Booker, and then were surprised about the events later on in the night, which I think maybe worked for it a little bit. Uh, but Booker T deserves more than being in the same position he was last year. As for a match, it was bog-standard match, wasn't it, you know? Yeah, uh, there's very slow moments to it, and it's not the worst match I've seen on the cards. And the end, I think it actually kind of worked out. It made it quite interesting, you know, what's going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, I gave it three out of five. I gave it a three out of five as well. Yeah, very basic. And then Robinson versus Gorgeous George. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, there was so much actually going on during that match that it was it was kind of hard to concentrate on the match itself. But I think that kind of help take away from the lack of talent that was in the match. Uh, but it wasn't bad for what it was. I gave that a three and a quarter. Uh, I do you know I got a four out of five because it surprised me. With a referee and a woman with no discernible wrestling talent to be involved in such a fun affair. Yes, there was a lot of stalling in it, but still I've, I found it quite enjoyable. So I got a four out of five. Uh, Buff Bagwell versus Scott Stanek. Um... Again, you know, it wasn't bad. It was over quick before it got painful. Uh, it, it Again, it's it kind of plays into that interesting story side of things uh, with kind of Rick returning a favour to his brother. Um, I gave that a three and a half out of five. I gave that a three out of five. I like the end bit with uh, Rick, like I said, getting involved in it. But I'm not a fan of Buff, but he should have given him a little bit more fucking stupid. You know what I mean? He should know that Scott Steiner is a, a conniving evil guy. Uh, and he should expect that from him. But yeah, like I said, it, it opens up more with the Steiner Brothers reunion now. Uh, three out of five for me for that one. And then Flair versus Piper. Absolute madness in this match, you know. With everything that was going on with Asia and Arl Anderson and... And just Charles Robinson. It was just cray-cray, wasn't it, you know? Oh, I've literally written down. Easy, what the fuck? <laughs> um, it was absolute madness as well. There was pretty much no wrestling whatsoever <laughs> no. going on during that wrestling match. Um, again, you know, on a storyline purpose, yeah, it was, you know, fun and entertaining. And it kind of plays right into the storyline, mini nature and that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I'll go that a three out of five. Uh, yeah, three out of five for me as well. You know, I've thrown on me as a performer with the little stupid things that he does. Not as a serious performer, but as just kind of comedy value at the moment. I quite, I'm, I'm liking Flair, and I've always liked Piper. But yeah, three out of five. Goldberg versus Sting, the two icons. This was a throwaway match if there ever was one. It was all about Bret Hart coming back as opposed to what this match actually meant, and it sported it as an entity, didn't it? You know. Yeah, it, this match, it actually could have been a good match, but the interference kind of comes up. I, I, you, you kind of understand with a match like this that the interference saves both Sting and Goldberg from the loss. You know, at least give them a little bit of time or at least, you know, have it in a different way. Yeah. And this is probably one of the only matches where interference... It was good it, in a weird it way. It was... It helped, but in the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. I gave, what was your score for that? Uh, three. Yeah, again, three. 
uh, very bog standard. And then the main event, which was better than I thought, you know? It was, yeah, it, well, I, in my opinion, it was match of the night. It was an enjoyable match. The good calls, you know, you kind of see Eric Bischoff, he's kind of like trying to make up for his sins, even though he was in the corner of Nash on the NWO, and that kind of call was mm. sort of assisting Nash, but not in a way of assisting him, but, you know, it, it worked in Nash's favour. It gave hope, didn't it, the yeah. new direction? And maybe people thought, well, maybe we're going to get Nash and Goldberg down the line to kind of sort that story out as well. I go at three and a half out of five. I go that four. You go at four. Yeah. So your match of the night is Kevin Ash at EDP. My match of the night is Charles Robinson versus Gorgeous George. I'm saying it. And my rating out of ten, uh, I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. There's nothing really special here, but I think for a two, or for nearly three-hour journey, it gave me enough laughs. And I find that with WCW now. If it's making me laugh enough, I might not be enjoying the wrestling action, but as long <laughs> as I'm having a laugh at them... It's all right. So seven and a half. What is your score? Um, I, I've given it a seven. The only wrestling that I actually saw was probably in the first match of the night. You have nine matches and eight of them featured interference. <laughs> You've got to kind of question yourselves where, you know, it's what the fuck is going on with a company when, you know, you've got near enough all the matches have someone running in, getting involved, or something going on in it. Yeah, no, honestly, crazy. So that was WSW Slamboree 1999. Well, let's jump ship to the WWF, and last time out, Stone Cold defended his title against The Rock, and in defeat, the Great One became the People's Champ again. Shane had taken control of the corporation and had an idea to form a despicable new entity. Vince McMahon, still manipulated by Undertaker, decided to stand up, and look to form a union. So we move on to Monday Night Raw, episode 310, May 3rd, 1999. We're in San Diego, California. And here comes the corporate ministry whose numbers might rival the NWO. And we see him coming out here. And of course, we've got Shane McMahon and Young Taker as leaders. But that is not all at all, is it, really? <laughs> you no, got... you've got Triple H, China, Midian, Bossman, Viscera, uh, Pete Gass and Rodney and the APA. Yeah, so quite an intimidating presence for the corporate ministry. And of course, they formed on the pilot episode of SmackDown a few days ago. Shane, of course, is a leader and gets in some jabs at the audience. He wants to know how many of the fools would have had balls to slap their father in the face. Sorry, but just looking at this team, is it my count only three or four become heavyweight champion? Well, yeah, I, I think so, yeah, looking at that. But I think what's more interesting is the ministry's kind of taken over from the corporation. Look at original corporate members. You've got the big bossman. Apart from that, Triple H in China and a kind of new group, and I'm not really going to count the Mean Street Posse, but it's mainly based with the ministry and in itself, like you said, with the Undertaker and Triple H as the two leaders. That's what's kind of pushing forward with it, aren't they, you know? Indeed, yes. But carrying on, uh, Triple H makes fun of The Rock because that feud hadn't been done. They're fighting over the edge and Triple H doesn't get why people care about him. Is it because of the eyebrow thing? Well, Austin is on top of the Undertaker's list, but don't worry because he still hates everyone. He tries to save everyone, but Undertaker will be his executioner at Over the Edge. 
First, he's going to take the title, and then he's going to give Austin a beating like never before. Then next week on Raw, Austin will be the ultimate sacrifice to the greater power. Well, Shane reminds us that he'll be guest referee for that match. As for Vince, he has two hours to get out here. Well, on the stage, though, we have Mankind, Shamrock, Test, and Big Show, all armed with two-by-fours. There would be a bunch of guys that got beaten down, as earlier mentioned. Mankind says they forms a union. He complains about the lack of pay and says they'll have Shane's testicles or something. Of course, the union is one of the most short-lived groups in WWE history with three of the former members of the corporation as well. And this is a kind of inside joke of Vince Man as well because he hate unions, you know, people to ever try. Sergeant Stork famously tried in the 80s. Hulk Hogan kind of blew the whistle on him. Sergeant Stork got fired. Vince Man hates unions, so that was kind of the joke used against the corporate ministry. Oh, wait a minute, the Union coming down to ringside now. Arms with their two befores. And making their way down slowly. And they're going to attack the corporate ministry. Who are scarpering out of the ring. Well, the Mean Street Posse got, I think, the worst of that by the Union, but they're here to make an impression. Dan, what are your thoughts? Um, It is good to see a band of guys, you know, joining together to kind of eradicate a con- con- common enemy. And, yeah, you know, it could be an interesting concept, I suppose. Yeah, well, that's an interesting way to start off. We thought the corporate ministry were in complete control, but there's a union there already. And we get a clip of Billy debuting a certain theme song tonight as well, one of my favourites, uh, beating up x last night on Heat. Yes, and that takes us to our next match, which is Billy Gunn versus x Are we going to listen to the song, James? Or Dan, we always going to listen to the song. All right. I'm a nice man. Yeah, I'm an ass man. What a great song that is. Well, an angry Pat goes right after him with his usual assortment of kicks. Gun hit of the jackhammer out of the corner to take over for two. Two. And we're in a chin lock a minute into this. That's a sign of a short match. Well, thankfully, it doesn't last long. So Pat gets slammed twice. Gorilla power, respectively. But they collide coming out the corner. Pat kicks him down a few times and loads up a Bronco Buster. But lands on a boot. Fames that and we're done quick. It was a nothing match, but you don't get a new song and lose. Well, Billy keeps beating on him, but Road Dog makes a save, followed by Kane taking Pack to the back. Well, Shane is yelling his office about the union. Well, here's the corporate ministry again, and Shane says he's made some changes for tonight's show. Before he can say anything, we cut to the back where Linda, Stephanie and Vince are arriving. Shane doesn't seem to have seen them. Back in the arena, and we hear about a four corners match. Viscera versus Bodman, Bossman versus Midian versus Test. All a corporate ministry other than Test. Also tonight, Mankind has a hardcore match with the Acolytes. Triple H is going to get Shamrock. That should be good. Oh, and China's guest referee. As for the Mean Street Posse, they get Pats and a Briscoe. <laughs> Finally, we get an Undertaker versus Big Show. There's also going to be an evening gown match between Sable and Deborah. 
the rest of the McMahons and Patterson are all watching in the back. You see, and that's a different thing between like, a Nitro and a Raw, or even a Raw today. It's set out, it's standing, saying this is what we're going to have for tonight. This is the story we're going to tell. So you better watch, you know, because there's going to be something for everyone. Well, Triple H whispers in Shane's ear, and Shane says that tonight, Rock versus Austin. That's quite a main event. Triple H says that's not big enough, so let's make it a lumberjack match with the corporate ministry as the lumberjacks. Well, there's one spot left, but before Shane can talk about it, here's Vince. Stephanie and Linda, flanked by cops, come out behind him, but Vince doesn't see them until after they're here. Still, but Shane says he hasn't even started yet. Well, Vince says Shane is about to make a big mistake and to think before he does this. Shane challenges his dad to a fight and imagine the box office if that happens. He keeps goading Vince on and on and Vince says no. Vince hopes Shane will listen to Linda, but Shane tells her to sharp. Well, that's enough for Vince, but he's surrounded. The rest of the McMahons leave and Shane admits that he was the mastermind behind Stephanie's abduction and all the terror that The Undertaker had caused so that Vince would step down and Shane could take over. Well, he opened the door for Undertaker and gave him the bear and took the pictures. Shane picked out the wedding dress for the black wedding. That was one of my favourite moments ever, but man, this stuff is out there in retrospect. I mean, just imagine Shane just admitting to everything that's been going on as well, just to take power from his old man. I can't believe the way Shane spoke to his sister and his mother and his father. Stephanie crying, can't believe it, and Vince has had enough. But immediately gets stomped on by the corporate ministry. And now Vince just getting beaten up. And Shane lured him into the trap. And the Undertaker was inside Vince's mind, all thanks to Shane, who gave him the key. Well, Vince charged of the ring. And um, this is not good. He looks bad. And after the break, uh, Linda and Stephanie are telling him, forget about the match, but he sends them to a hotel. Well, it's up to our next match, and it's Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe versus the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> well, this isn't as the old guys beat the tar out of the posse and whip them with the belts until the posse run. I'm not sure the match ever started. Well, Shane is talking to the Ministry, and they walk somewhere. Something about offices is mentioned. And up next is Tess versus Midian versus Rissler versus Big Bossman. Well, officially, this is a four corners match. They have to tag, though, so it's Tess starting with Bossman. It never would have happened, but I w- it would have been hilarious to see Tester on the apron and say, you guys go ahead. Bossman hits a corner clothesline and a shot to the back of the head to take Test down. Well, Bossman throws in a nightstick and Test catches it and clocks Midian with it for the pin. Well, whatever here, as it was pretty clear that, clear that this would end in either a big brawl or with Test getting a fluke win. The match didn't go anywhere because Test was somehow even worse than his later time here. The Ministry guys were exactly what you'd expect them to be here. So they were boring. And the Union stopped to post beatdown match. What? The Union stops the beat. Undertaker and Bearer leave Vince's office and we see Vince down on the ground. That's a Russo trademark. Beatdowns that we only ever see the end of. And up next, it's Vince McMahon versus Shane McMahon. We see Shane with a microphone talking trash about his old man. Before And Vince, I don't think he can compete. You look at the beating he just took with the corporate ministry. Uh, I mean, surely he can't make it out here. Well, don't call me Shirley, but he's taken two beatings already tonight. But I think, you know, Vince is so riled up by Shane and all the despicable things that Shane's done. He's going to come out here and face him against the odds anyway. Well, he's got big cojones, hasn't he, as Vincent Mann? He has got some grapefruits. 
But Shane is playing it up well, you know, really arrogant, isn't he? You know, and a kind of sneer, sneer on his face. Well, this is the kind of Shane that we want to be seeing nowadays, yeah. not the Shane like, oh, I'm the best in the world. <laughs> yeah, you want to see this kind of, this is entitlement for him as well, you know. And oh my God. Well, Vince staggering out, holding his ribs, just as Shane was about to get shirt stealer Hebner to lift his arm in victory. I mean, Shane can't believe his father's coming out here. But it shouldn't be a long match. Well, Vince in no condition to perform. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, no. He's just fallen on the stage. Flair bumped it. And Shane with a chest clothesline taking his dad down. And, oh, my God, Shane just beating Vincent Mann down the ramp. And this is sickening. And Shane, as JR says, just drunk with power. But Shane, in his defence, he's out here alone. He's not got a corporate ministry by his side. He's just had the corporate ministry beat him up. He doesn't need them out here now, does he? Well, he's still out here on his own. Oh, no. And Shane putting Vince in the corner. Just choking him out of his foot. And Shane's going to do it to his old man. Bronco Buster. Well, I never thought I'd see Shane giving Vince a Bronco Buster in my life. Now, Shane's got Vince right where he wants him, a clothesline. I think you could pin him at any moment, but he's just playing with him at the moment. Indeed, yes. Playing with his dad. <laughs> As I said it, I realised probably wasn't... I mean, this isn't a 17 match. No, not at all. Shane's sweating profusely. I think it's that thick jacket that he's wearing. I don't know why he's wearing such a big jacket for. Looks like his four size is too big. Oh, but Vince ducking... Finally hitting his first offensive move and the fans go crazy for <laughs> yeah, it. they're definitely behind Vince. Shane getting to his feet now. Vince! Corporate <laughs> stunner! <laughs> and he's talking trash like Austin as well. One, two, three. <laughs> and Vince McMahon has beaten Shane with a stone cold stunner. No, it's the corporate stunner. The, well, whatever it is, it's one of the best things I've ever seen. I don't know about you. Absolutely brilliant, yeah. <laughs> even the trash talking after it, it was absolutely perfect. <laughs> well, Vince, even though he's beaten up, gets one over on his son Shane. Oh, that's brilliant. Well, up next, it's Mankind versus the Acolytes. Well, it's a hardcore match, and Mankind has his 2 by 4 and goes after Farouk with it, but Bradshaw pops in with a conveniently placed snow shovel, and we head outside. The numbers are catching up with Mankind and we go back inside quickly. More beating follows, but Foley Chant lets him hit a double clothesline. That, of course, doesn't last long and we head back outside. This is moving fast again. Well, Foley gets into various of them. A low blow gets him a break and he fires us some bell and trash can shots on both guys. Back inside and Foley gets two. Two. And a chair shot in that order. After some heel mu- miscommunication, Claw goes on Farouk, but Bradshaw breaks it up with a double power bomb onto some chairs to endless. Now we're going to watch the bump because we talked about after in the cell match, Mankind not really taking that big a bump. But when you consider it's the, the Acolytes and two chairs are set up. God. <laughs> he does go through it, doesn't he, poor Mankind? But I think they set it up in the least painful way. I mean, if they'd have had them laid down, I think that probably would have hurt more. Yeah, and I think the way Adam Coulter... I remember Adam Coulter took it one time the chairs the other way around as Who well. Who cares though, James? Which is going to be terrible. We'll move on. Not much here, but there wasn't really a way to have Foley win this and make it look reasonable. The benefits of the Attitude Era. People don't overcome ridiculous odds most of the time. 
and it kept things a bit more reasonable than it gets today. Now, that being said, the rest of the era was insane, but that was always a perk. Well, our next match is Ken Shamrock versus Triple H, and China is the guest referee. Triple H has a new theme here, which only lasted a few weeks. Shamrock takes him to the mat with a quick armbar and pounds on the arm, but Triple H goes to the eye. Now, why didn't he do that? Well, fuck that shit. Shamrock goes back to the arm, which apparently is to set up the ankle lock. He tries a runner, but gets countered into a powerbomb as Triple H takes over. Well, China is checking her nails as Triple H chokes on Shamrock. A high knee gets a quick two count. Two. From China. Shamrock grabs a leg lace, but China rakes his eyes to break it up. Triple H hits Shamrock low to take over again as Lawler talks about some evening gown match and we get a yahoo. Shamrock comes back with his spinning elbow and a drop kick for no count. He counters a pedigree into an ankle lock, but China drabs Triple H to the ropes. Ken goes to suplex China, but Triple H makes a save. Low blow sets up the pedigree for the pin. Yeah, this is about what you would expect. And it wasn't bad. Shamrock would drop down the cards over the summer and would be gone by the fall after feuding with some new guy named Jericho. Who? Anyway, not a bad match here, but China interference was a story we've seen before. And low shorts, and it worked. <laughs> yes, and our next match is... Undertaker versus the Big Show. The very first meeting of many, and here we go. Undertaker just come out and started strong on the Big Show. And what have you thought of the Big Show? He's been around about three or four months now. How do you think WWF have dealt with him? I think they've dealt really well with him. You know, he does seem an unbeatable monster, and that's how it should have been. I think without a doubt we've seen it, you know, and he's definitely uh, beating in his own man at the moment as the Undertaker just trying to be quick with those right hands. And he's always been involved in the upper storylines as well. You know, he's part of the corporate uh, corporation. And now he's part of, uh, I can't even remember the name of their group now. <laughs> the Union. As uh, He's got the bear hug on the Untaker. And he's definitely, like I said, the fans definitely behind the good guys and booing the bad guys. And that's the way it's been, you know, it should be. I don't think the corporate ministry have got anything likeable about them in a way, you know. The Undertaker managing to bake free of the bear hug, but quickly running into a big boot from the show. As he gets eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Straight clothesline over the top. And Paul Bearer is giving the Undertaker something. And, and what's that smell, Dan? What's that horrible smell? Oh, it smells like chloroform. Oh. And he's put it on his arm pad and he's got... There's a big show just chop block... Oh, just clubbers... Clobbers the chest of Undertaker to bring him back in the ring. Body form. Body form for you. And the big show's going out, but powers the Undertaker over his head. That's not enough. And now Taker's got a baseball bat. <laughs> and he just breaks the baseball bat over the head of the big show. <laughs> Home run. Well, that's what you get if you cut the Undertaker. Oh my god, Big Show cut open there. Busted wide open. And the Undertaker choking him out where well, he didn't win. Didn't win the match, but. Well, oh, there we go. See a replay shot of the baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> and that was full on in the face, as you like it. And you see during the break, Big Show doesn't really know where he's going. You see the big lump on his head as well. That was a brutal shot there. Uh, but we move on. Up next, the Women's Championship is on the line. Yes, and it is Deborah versus Sable in an evening gown match, nonetheless. But Sable pops up on screen, 
But it says she's at the Playboy Mansion, so she has a stunt double. Oh, and it's Nicole Bass. This is your kind of woman, isn't it, James? Well, Bass is 6'2 and built like China. Deborah strips and loses on her own. She doesn't want any of Nicole Bass in the evening gown. And to be fair, I don't blame Deborah. And there you go. Nicole Bass wins. Nicole Bass would take her uh, evening gown off, but she has a penis. Deborah wins, and Nicole Bass has got Deborah now. And she's going to do so. Here comes Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? Guitar to Nicole Bass. But Val Venus is out. (laughs) And is Val Venus protecting Nicole Bass? What's going on? I thought Nicole Bass was Val Venus in a dress. But then I realised Val Venus doesn't look that manly. Well, Val Venus now make checking on Deborah, um, carrying Deborah away. Well, this is the start of a very weird love story with Deborah Venus, Jarrett, and of course Nicole Bass. And Jarrett's going to go chase Venus. And then after the break, Jarrett beats up Val in the back. And up next is the main event. And what episode of Raw it's been? But it's Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock. In a lumberjack match. So here comes a great one, the people's champ. And he made the choice to turn his back on a corporation. And it was in part thanks to Shane McMahon. And they've gone down. And The Rock's got his eyes set on Triple H for over the edge. And The Rock got a good reception. But Stone Cold just gets a little bit better, doesn't he? And what a reaction for the WWF champion. And he's had his battles with The Rock over the past couple of months. And he's got that smoking skull battle as well. So it doesn't matter who, kind of what side the Rock's on, what side's Austin on. These two guys have a genuine rivalry against each other and it's good. But now they've got to look at a bigger threat coming towards them. That's the corporate ministry. They're coming out to be lumberjacks. And the Undertaker calls challenging Austin, Triple H against the Rock. And we found out tonight the mask mind behind it all was Shane McMahon. Vicious uh, surrounds one side of the ring on his own. Oh, Midian up in the apron gets knocked down by an Austin. So does Big Bossman. Austin pulls Triple H up to knock him down. Then the Acolytes, they get knocked off the apron as well. And the Bossman gets sent into the rock. And now Shane's coming down here as well. Mean Street get dragged in. That's the Undertaker and the numbers game takes over now. Well, the match doesn't even start as we get the beat down. Well, I thought this might happen, but, you know, two men against the power of the corporate ministry. But Austin's still doing all he can to fight back. Vince McMahon sending the union down there to Austin and Rock's aid. And a few more members of the backstage locker room. Well, you can see the brood that have had problems before. And, of course, X-Puck and Road Dog part of DX. Even the Godfather. And there's Dilo Mark Henry. And they're just brawling all over the place. Fever Vince McMahon's getting a few shots in. And we're going to the crowd. Austin's going up on the stage with Midian. Rock and Triple H are left by ringside. Undertaker holds Rock's arms behind his back as Triple H hits him. All hell's broken loose. Austin's disappeared under a stage. Well, it looks like everybody's gone apart from Triple H, Undertaker and The Rock. And China looking on getting a shot in as well. Is The Rock the latest sacrifice for The Undertaker? Well, the crowd trying to get behind him, but he's got no fight whatsoever at the moment. Where's Austin coming from? 
And he came from the bottom of the stage. And now he's fighting Undertaker. And The Rock's managing to fight back against Triple H. And now the Undertaker and Austin just fight. It looked like they're going into hell. Rock gets scoop slammed onto the steel. And China and Triple H just putting the boots to him. And now The Rock fighting back with Triple H. And it gives China a big right hand, but Triple H fighting off. And oh! Triple H just hit The Rock with a huge light. And The Rock went off the side of the stage, at least 10 foot drop. At least 12, 15 foot. And now The Undertaker's back. Big boot to Austin. Starts wailing him down. And The Undertaker's got Austin. And what's he doing with him? Sends him off the edge of the ring as well. Oh, uh, my. Off the edge of the stage. God, and he bounced off of the steel barricade. And the corporate ministry just sent a message to Stone Cold and The Rock. And the corporate ministry stand tall. And that's a way to get Hills over, putting out the two biggest stars on the brand. Well, they're trying to have a match against each other, but yeah, they've got to come together to try and eradicate the biggest enemy in the business. And it all builds towards the next paper as well, because, of course, Austin versus Taker for the title, and Rock versus Triple H. What are your thoughts on that Royal Dan? That was good. Uh, brilliant storyline advancement, and it, yes, it keeps you gripped. It makes you want to go, well, what's going to happen next? You know, what what's going on further down the line? And it just keeps you hooked and... Yeah, you know, you just want to keep watching and watching. Without a doubt. So that is it. Uh, on the next episode, we're going to have four Raws and three Nitros. But don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter, at WW Network Review, or... At Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at John Score Rollins. We're on Instagram, the WNR Podcast, across all the Google platforms. Send us an email, the WNR Podcast, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, and come and find our page and give us a like with the WWE Network Review Podcast. And come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast, where we've got all the clips on there. Podcasts go up on YouTube the same time. There are places like SoundCloud. On your phone. We're on Speaker Radio. We've got our live shows, Stitcher Radio, and of course iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. Well, hold on, James. Don't forget the website as well that's under construction. That you're going to have finished by uh, SummerSlam? Yes, yes. And that is, let me see if I can get it right this time because I've had a bit of trouble with this. WNRpodcast.com. Yes, that is the one. The first and time done goes to WNRpodcast.com. I have been Jay's Rollins and as always, always joined by Dan White. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye. <laughs>